Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Well, we made it. We are about three episodes into the new anime season, fall 2023. Personally, I'm finding I ended up watching more than one episode of a lot of shows this season. I don't know yeah. how many I'm going to be watching past episode three, but... There were uh, a lot of interesting things. I don't know how you, you all are feeling about it, but I am yeah. I am definitely watching a lot of things this season. Now, sure. am I enjoying a lot of things this season? That's sort of remains to be seen. Yeah, there, there's a few things I'm enjoying for sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, interesting is better than nothing, I guess. But we'll, hmm. like I said, we'll see you. <laughs> By the time we get around to the next episode of the Glorio Chat, how many of these things are still I'm still watching, at least. But anyway, we'll get into all that. But to uh, start, let's introduce everyone. I'm Jell. I'm joined by Iro. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. I- Iro, did you find time to actually watch anime between uh, Iron Chef and uh, playing uh, the, <laughs> the new uh, Mario Wonder game? Yes, uh, I've watched a few things. Uh Mario Smart Bros. Wonder pretty seems pretty good so far. Strand game. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I accidentally I, stole somebody's power up once and I felt bad. Don't like feel bad. Another player or it, Yeah. Okay. No, if if they didn't get it, they were merely too slow and weak no, to get it themselves. Well the thing is, you see, so like Super Mario World, you can store a second power up in in the box. Sure. Uh and if you you can deploy it at any time and it comes onto a little balloon. Oh, the somebody thing deployed is, from their box and you took it. And I grabbed it, yeah, with, okay, and then like went it, through the pipe before I realized it, that it I had taken like, their power up. It sounds right. like this person should have been smarter about the deployment of their own power up. Yeah, I, I, I see no reason to apologize, Zero. I was thinking really- I could have then I, I could have deployed my my extra for them and i just i've blundered through the pipe and didn't realize right was this a random person you were matched with or yeah oh well then it's fair game (laughs) i just felt so bad welcome to the Uh, real world yeah (laughs) dog eat dog out there Uh so you need to you need to be elephant mario to break the blocks at the end of this this stage yeah (laughs) well Uh, yeah. Perhaps we'll talk more about that another day. Uh, we're also joined by G. I'm also still here. I'm not in North Carolina yet. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so are you still on the West Coast at the moment? For now, yes. But okay. uh, mm-hmm. I guess actually by the time you're listening to this, I will no longer be in California. <laughs> I mean, what, by the, t- by the time it to the next podcast, <laughs> what's, won't you be back in California? I will indeed. So really... <laughs> You know, <laughs> you, yeah, you might as the well. The spin actually doesn't work once you break it down like that, Eero, because yes, uh-huh. anybody Sorry. listening to this, <laughs> yeah. it won't really matter to them, so. Yeah. Uh, 
we will we, we will never have an episode where we're all in the same time zone again. No, we we, uh, we did with uh. Yeah, I'm saying it? that's oh. the one time that we'll ever, again. <laughs> ever have. Yeah, where where we're all in the same time, and I wasn't I wasn't there on that episode. It's true. But yeah. Um. All right, and we are also joined by Peter. I'm. I wasn't still here, but I'm here now. <laughs> that, that's good to, to keep know. The, keep the theme of everyone's response. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Peter, I want to I want to mention this in the beginning while people are still listening, and instead of the end when people have already shut the uh, podcast off. But uh, you do have a, a charity stream coming up. Uh, what would be uh, so if this episode is coming out Wednesday? It would be the weekend, the upcoming weekend. Yeah, the upcoming weekend, um, Saturday, twenty eighth of October. 2023 in case you're listening in the future <laughs> um, or the past and, you don't know yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. either way and uh yeah so um the not last weekend weekend before so 14th 15th um uh chris had uh, had their charity stream but this coming weekend will be ours so um myself uh Collins and our friend adam are going to be Playing video games for a minimum of, I think, 26 hours now, at last check. My um, because for every 250 quid we've re raised, it's an extra hour um, mm -hmm. raising money for the National Autistic Society in the UK. Um, and yeah, we're going to be uh, playing a lot of video games, having very little sleep, and uh, you can watch live if you fancy. And where, where can they where, find that? Yeah, where can we uh, find that? If you head on over to uh, vscary.co forward slash charity, there's all the information on there. It takes you, it just forwards you to just giving where you can find all the information and donate if you can. Awesome. So it's very v, cool. Like the letter V. Yeah, letter V. Letter it, v. It, the, our sort of friend group is very scary scenario. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, vscary.co is our sort of website thing. Nice. So, all right, go check that out, everybody, and uh, you know, donate if you can for sure. And uh, is there is there is there, is there a oh yeah, go ahead. Is there a cap to the hours? Uh... Uh, yeah, twenty nine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not okay, going to do okay. longer than twenty nine. I was going to say, make them go forty eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, I was just saying, don't put a cap on that. Like, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's cool. I, I, I should feel also like 24 mention, hour streams are a young man's game. So, <laughs> I, I probably should also mention that next month, 25th November, we've got a because um, my radio show is a thing. I've managed to persuade the the radio station to let me do an all night radio show as well. So that'll be 25th November from 9 p.m. UK time until 7 a.m. the next morning. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll be right. live on air. So, nice. um, yeah. And that's should, be the, good, uh, should be good fun and should raise lots of money. If anyone doesn't know, that's the the Neko Desk, right? Uh, yeah, Neko Desk yep. on on the cat on a seven point nine. Plug, plug, plug. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right, so let's talk about some anime. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of things we didn't get a chance to talk about last episode, either because of time or they just weren't out yet mm -hmm. so um let's start there on some things we haven't talked about yet and yeah we were just chatting about peter if you wanted to mention something about tier moon empire which is a, a show that you had covered yeah i, I wasn't a I wasn't a fan 
Um, <laughs> I, when oh, I, yeah? When I, when I did my first look, I, I sort of I covered it a bit. Um, uh, but, um, like, in short, it's some uh, member of royalty was awful to uh, her subjects, and there was a revolution, and she got the guillotine, but then got reincarnated into a younger mm, self. Of course. To now To now not be an awful person. I, the um, villainess, will avoid the roots that lead to my doom. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing, and uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up, because um, in my first book, I say that um, there's the Timonian Empire isn't bringing anything new to the table. Like, right. It is, it is very, as you say... Uh, <laughs> yes, as I... My yes. uh, life is a villainess, all roots lead to doom. And um, quite a few people have said that Timon Empire was came out way before everything else. Sure. And that isn't true, as far as I can tell. Oh. Because the, 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 the web novel, like, before it even uh-huh. became a light yeah. novel... the web novel, then get, which gets a, like, manga adaptation, which begets an anime, and then they put out a, like, published light novel version of the web novel. Yeah. Etc. So the web novel came out uh, August 13th, 2018. That's Timon Empire at the very start. Okay. My Next Life as a Villainess came out, uh, also web novel, uh, July 2014, like four yeah. years prior. Gosh. A lot of these um, are way older <laughs> and everybody yeah. remembers. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, and plus, I'm in Love of the Villainess came out um, in January 2018, so like mm-hmm. seven months prior as well. So, uh, yeah. So I I, I, I I did do some research before I did my first look, I promise you. Uh, yeah, Team and Empire is nothing new. Yeah, yeah, well, doesn't seem like it. I'm just over here, like a uh, free run, thinking uh, 2018 mm. was a year ago, and uh, it, it is, it was uh, like uh, five I, years ago. No, <laughs> so. look, time stopped, right? Like, yes, time stopped in 2020, we all know, but yeah, uh, yeah it's still 2020 in my brain, but yeah, uh, yeah, yep, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. um. So there you go. People on the internet wrong again. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Who knew? I I guess at the end of the day, the show is not worth watching anyway, right? It sounds like, but or at least it's like just another spin on that whole concept, even if it's not like I guess explicitly a video game or whatever. We all know. Yeah, it. I, we all know the deal. You, at this could, point. you could technically argue that it's not an isekai. It's I I I, I lump. Certain yes. t- genres of time travel stories in with isekai. Here, yeah, here at the here at the Gloria blog, we just lump them all in the isekai, even if it's technically uh, if they're a regressor or yeah. reincarnator or what have you. I I, think, I consider that isekai, right? I think I think like a couple episodes ago, I called Goblin Slayer isekai, and it's not at all legally right. speaking, but it still falls uh-huh. in like the same. I mean, like um, like Mao Yu Mao Yusha or whatever uh that that was is like the proto isekai and that's technically just a dragon quest parody fantasy right. show right it's like it's like it's just like now it's just like a fantasy genre at this point <laughs> like yeah it's like yeah but anyway let's move on yeah. speaking of get... um, speaking of isekai and villainess 
yeah, I guess in the same vein, there is the uh, I'm in love with the villainous show. And uh, is this mixed reviews on this? Uh, certainly on, on, on our blog, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is very popular in some circles, and I will, I'm content to let them have it uh, and not do, have anything else to do with the show. Well, well, Peter, you're more a little more positive on it than uh, I think Aqua and Iroh were. Is that correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I would even perhaps say that I was a, a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of the show, uh, more more the light novel, but uh, yeah, um, right. The the thing about the anime is, it took until episode three for them to actually do the thing, which is turn to camera and go, "Hey, let's talk about like gender and sexuality for a bit, uh, and the inner struggles of our protagonist, rather than her just being ridiculous and everyone going, can we not do that? Because <laughs> first two episodes are a lot, and without much context, the protagonist is is kind of awful. And mm-hmm. is she like uh, the? Have we talked? I, I didn't. Protest I yet? didn't watch it, but is she like the like? comically horny lesbian type one thing okay yeah with a with a like added garnish of please step on me more oh villainous ah got it and i so they they're laying it on thick in the first couple episodes but then they i guess right the ship at some point (laughs) is that is that what i'm hearing uh sort of like the 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 thing about um, the the main character Ray, Ray is being ridiculous as like a almost like a self defense mechanism, and like has a lot of internalized homophobia against herself, and so she's being ridiculous to sort of it. I, it's I'm struggling I, to I, come up with this on. on it, it's like how I I, I get you. Yeah. The yeah. the and at some point in like society society has a certain view of uh marginalized identities and the people of, of those identities will take upon those traits to better fit in with society at large, even right. though they do not necessarily feel that way. Right? Feel those ways. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's a lot more of a mechanism, right, yeah. There's a lot more of a, 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 a thing about how, despite Ray being like in love with the villainous, um, she's pushing for the villainous's straight relationship with some prince or something, whatever his name was, um, and because she wants because she wants the villainous to be happy, she wants Claire to be happy, mm. and she doesn't believe that she'll be happy with her. And so she's pushing uh, this straight relationship for the villainous and the prince, whereas she's just being ridiculous because she knows her feelings won't be uh, returned. And so it's like, um, but yeah, I, I feel like the the thing that um, like in the, the 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 famous line is 
uh, when they have a conversation at lunch, when one of them turns to Ray and says, are you what they call gay? In quotes, in quotes right? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and, and and this happens pretty early on in the, the novel, but the fact that it took them so long in the anime to get to this, it was like a bit weird. And even like at the end of episode two, when there is sort of like a hint of like a more melancholic thing, it is very sort of like a brief drop at the end of the episode when there's a big old uh, monologue in the light novel, which then gets sort of merged into that conversation episode three. And it's a bit, it's a bit weird, the order, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it sounds like it could be interesting if they actually like address the topic directly at some point, which it sounds like they do in some capacity. Yeah. Um, Episode three is definitely a turnaround, I think. Yeah. It's just, it's it's always tough to sell shows that take several episodes to get going. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's always, that's always a bit tricky, but um, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I was just like, I guess like Mike, sort of open question on this is because the setting of this show is if within like a somewhat stereotypical like medieval magic fantasy school setting like then how much does the show get into like societal and gender roles of this f- fictional game setting within the fiction of the, the work itself, I guess. Uh, I can give you some spoilers from later in the novel if you want. I mean, yeah, sure. Let by all fly. means, spoiler, I'm not going to watch spoiler, any more of this show. Spoiler, I'm, I'm just yes. uh, curious. Uh, I guess I will say that one character um, who I, uh, I I kind of forgot about from the novel, but um, uh, like. This character is voiced by uh, Hikasu Yoko. Um, okay. Yep. Anafugo. <laughs> yes. And um, that character is uh, a, a a prince in this royal family, uh, but then is actually a woman pretending to be a man in order uh-huh. to gain eligibility for the throne. Uh-huh. And that's something that the main character who's played this video game back to front didn't know and it's sort of like here's all the stuff that's happening that hmm. she doesn't know from the game so right because um, the, I mean, the whole thing in episode one was she's like i've read every source book i've written my fanfics about the villainess i know everything there is to know about this world right and yeah. it turns out she doesn't is the, the twist yeah chan played the oh. sequel yet i guess <laughs> yeah Okay. Well, um, how do you think it's holding up compared to like the 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 novels? Then, like, is this a like? I guess other than the slow start, is it what you're expecting at this point? Um, I uh, my initial concern was that the they weren't even going to like have the the conversation. And uh, or even hint at the 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 big monologue that was famously cut by Seven Seas and then brought back in again. Um, and 
the fact that they are addressing that makes me more uh, gives me more hope for the rest of the series because, like, I think with most shows, they sort of front load it with like, here is the pay attention to this. Here's something ridiculous happening. We'll get to the plot later, um, and I guess I guess it will. It's difficult to tell right now because, yeah, first two episodes, kind of ridiculous, really over the top, kind of not in keeping with a lot of the novel, but still, like, she's still up to her antics, I guess. But I don't know. I I am cautiously optimistic for the way things are going. Okay. Well, that's... uh... Yeah, better than good. some shows. Yes, <laughs> better than some shows that we're we're going to talk, gonna about, talk I guess. about. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, let's move on to some other things. Yeah. We haven't talked about. I guess the the last show to come out this, this season has been the Apothecary Diaries. Yeah. Did anybody else watch one. this or no? No, I think it's all you, Iro. You know what I love? You know what my favorite mm-hmm. thing is about this season? <laughs> all of these three, four it's so episode dumb. debuts. It's wow. so dumb. Wow. I don't know why. Why didn't it just like start during no three weeks ago? Yeah. The thing is, this show doesn't even need it for like yeah. to set up a thematic. Yeah. So no, I ten. actually also managed to fit the first episode. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like so I, the first episode has all the setup it needs. Yeah, it's fine. The, the first episode has <laughs> totally every, like, fine. Is, like, here's the thing. Okay. 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 So here is the thing. Right. The now famous, maybe even mimetic Oshinoko debut. Right. Uh-huh. There is some roundabout sense to it when you think about what that debut covers, right? Yeah, it is exactly. the quote unquote prologue of the story. And so in many ways it makes a lot of sense because I think if that show had aired in the standard twenty two minute format, you would be like, Oh wow, this is the worst premise I've ever seen in my life. Right. You do you might drop it after two, right. three episodes. Right. But so there's some sense to that. But the overwhelming feeling I get with the Apothecary Diaries, of which I watched one episode of, is, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? It, it, this should have just been aired one episode at a time. Yeah. for the past three weeks, I mean, it's fine. If anything, it just seems like a scheduling thing, right? Because like, if they had started it with all the other shows, it would. Start, I don't know if there's some other beyond episode three, right? Yeah, if, right. Yeah. So, so what? What difference does it make? Does it, they I mean, just couldn't air it those two weeks I don't know. or something. I there's don't know, always but, some kind of, yeah. there's often some kind of weird scheduling gaffe somewhere or other. Uh, uh, but. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, just for context, this is the one in the like vaguely, vaguely imperial China. China yeah. And it is about a girl named Mao Mao who is the daughter of an apothecary uh, until she gets kidnapped and I guess ransomed off, sold off to the just imperial. Sold off, yeah. Yeah, to to be a, a servant, and I guess the premise here is she is going to use her like medical knowledge to solve, you know, doctor mysteries. In yeah, the court, pretty basically. much. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. That twenty two minutes. Yeah. yeah, like I, you know, I I did not dislike this debut. That mm-hmm. I, I the thing I would almost say is this is a pretty solid first episode. Like this is mm-hmm. actually, if if you're gonna do this type of premise, I thought. Again, in the con, I, I was thinking about this whole time. Like, oh man, there's like three goddamn episodes of this thing. No, like, but I watched yeah. that one episode, and I'm like, no, I get, I get yeah. the premise. They actually do a <laughs> so very good job. And, yeah, uh, two and three are the more episodic <laughs> mystery. Jesus things. Christ, I don't know what they were thinking then. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I would say very economic first episode does a fantastic job mm-hmm. of introducing the character, what is appealing about them, and then you know the 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 fundamental format that this show is clearly going to follow for the next twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the protagonist uh, probably does a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> for the yeah, show right i I, that, I think that is definitely true i despite being you know probably the the romance of the three kingdoms guy in the glorio chat <laughs> i actually don't find imperial china or no, it's not i don't find imperial china as a setting interesting i find anime set in imperial china <laughs> tends to not be what i'm looking for <laughs> right because it's usually a lot of courtly intrigue and that's what and, that and, is this is too, and, and right? blushing yeah. girls yep. and not you know liu bei throwing his baby into a rock Um, which is what i actually want out of imperial Mm -hmm, china mm -hmm. is you know infanticide and virtuous arson but yeah you know i was like yeah the the main character mao mao she's like i mean she she's like weird little gremlin like right almost And, and she rides a very thin line of being this sort of sardonic like above it all sort of character who like sees through the pretense of what we often associate with this type of like be shonen imperial china mm-hmm. um, setting like she is a character who wants nothing to do with it and so sort of the fun is throwing a character like that into this kind of established trope of chinese courtly intrigue yeah right Just- yeah, <laughs> pretty and much. Ira, you're you're mm-hmm. saying the so the second and third episode. I mean, it's just a more episodic adventure. Just like pretty much, no... like she yeah. is part of the staff of the one of the like top consorts of the emperor, and so has to be a poison taster and solve solve poison mysteries, <laughs> right? Uh, Mysteries that an apothecary could solve. Uh, yeah, I, I will say the like one interesting angle that I don't know if they explore in episode two and three that is the thing that like actually has me interested in Mao Mao probably on a more like. I mean, I mean, I think her personality is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but then there's one aspect of her character that is the 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 secret sauce. The oh, where is that going? And it is established in episode one that Mao Mao regularly experiments with poisons on herself. Hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, they 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 establish early on in episode one, even before she gets kidnapped, that one of her hobbies is literally just mixing different types of poisons and then dripping <laughs> them onto her arm to mm-hmm. see what would happen. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this will. I don't know where they're going in Spy Family, but. <laughs> I don't know where they're going with that, but if they're going in the direction of oh, this is what this makes Mao Mao like inhumanly like <laughs> resistant to poison. Yeah, or toxin, kinda, yeah, right. Then, uh, sure, too, she's like they have her work as a poison taster, right? Cause she can identify poisons, and she's like, I'm actually not very good at for this job because I won't actually be affected by many of these poisons. Right. <laughs> the poison taster is supposed yeah. to be <laughs> the one getting sick, and I'm just gonna... I could just eat right. all this stuff. Uh, right. Okay, so that's I, pretty good. I, I'm glad they do explore that, then. It, mm-hmm. is, it a, it is it a more, like, lighthearted kind of chill yeah. type of show or like serious things do happen like for example in the first episode she solves like the mystery of why do all the imperial heirs keep dying as infants um right uh 
from all the consequences. Yeah, I mean, it confirmed at least one dead baby on screen in mm-hmm. the first episode of, of this show. Right, so. but then, like, this is also a show that will repeatedly go into, like, chibi mode. Yes, <laughs> jokes. Right. Yeah. yeah. You'll get your silly anime faces. Mm-hmm. And okay. in that sense, it feels a little, like, early aughts to me. Some of the, yeah, like, chibi yeah. stuff. It's like how, like, Full Metal Alchemist would do it. You're right. Um, uh, would occasionally you know? just, like, veer in that direction. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes round for a shot to say something silly. Uh, Go into gremlin mode. It's like, it's, I think it's pretty good. Uh, See, this season might have too much going on (laughs) for it to keep up necessarily. I think last season's would have been a good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see how the rest of the show is paying out here, whether or not you're sticking with it, I guess. But, um, all right. Well, moving well, on to something that show, we don't have to worry about anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about anymore. We're done with this shit. Well, <sighs> we have to address yes. Gundam Build Metaverse. I'm going to make yes. you guys do it. Oh, hell Gundam yeah. Build oh, hell yeah. Metaverse. Oh, no, no, there's, no, no. I want to talk about Gundam Build Gundam okay. Build Metaverse. Because, the, the, right, the, the, the three episode ONA uh, yeah. that brought back all of your favorite characters from the Gundam Build subseries. Together. And, more Im- and more importantly, is now your one stop shop for torrenting Gunpla. <laughs> download yes, so this gun- was this was yeah. all a advertisement for bandai's gundam metaverse website or what have you um yes. their dumb internet project thing uh which launched and immediately got taken back down because then in the, all the client files were just 3d print files of gunpla <laughs> <laughs> yes, unencrypted. I might, I might yeah. add, they were just literally left in the open. As it's literally like Gundam.stl. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's it is literally just like how and, much and gunpla yeah. are we talking here? Like so, some unreleased kits, right? Like yes, yes. So so once the initial spectacle uh, uh, faded away, it's it's not as actually the like hilarious treasure trove of all the gunpla they've no. ever made that we were all hoping it would be. But most importantly is yes, I think there are three unreleased kits that whose whose like full CAD files are just available in the metadata of this of this this uh, website. And once and the they, uh, it, it, the genie's and, and out I, of the and, bottle, right? Like yeah. right. And and when I say there. model, I don't mean like a three D model. I mean each individual piece that would be printed in plastic. Mm-hmm. is included wow. in this 3d file <laughs> so, so fucking funny so is that, can... are they like on runners and stuff or just uh no, no so they're not, not on the runners, runners right, yeah. okay but, but you could you could the... you could 3d print the pieces and yes and, and you could yeah. build your own uh master <laughs> yeah. grade because uh, it's yeah. uh, strike gundam or whatever right. freedom it's, strike freedom or something it yeah. is so fucking goofy and Ugh. it is the most indicative of just the like hilarious like boomer ass things japanese businesses will do chasing the latest trends only for it to like backfire hilariously on them so funny it's really yeah because like because like even if you were gonna i mean just to start with the metaverse thing like if you were going to launch a metaverse thing you're already like two years two to three years late for that right and then yeah Oh my god! And just shooting yourself in the foot like that—that's uh-huh. great. You wouldn't download a mobile suit. Uh, a plus chef's kiss. No, it's no hilarious. Guns. It's yes, really on that fun. <laughs> the, the, the perfect end to this three-episode trash fire. Uh, right. So as as Ira alluded to, Gundam Build Metaverse was a three-episode yeah, ONA that was basically just the like 
you know, the anniversary special. Everybody is here, right? All the characters. And so each episode focused on a different member of the cast of the various Gundam Build series at this point. You know, Gundam Build Fighters, the original. Gundam Build Fighters, Try, the bad sequel. Gundam Build Divers, the even worse sequel. <laughs> Gundam Build Divers, Re-Rise, the weirdly good sequel about the animal people on the planet and the orbital laser that genocided them. Uh uh-huh. the, the, we can't re, we can't relitigate yeah, rise, but I can't believe rise is literally like freaking Ender's game by way of children's yeah, robot yeah. anime. We cannot talk <laughs> about rise. Go back and listen to the old episodes. Uh, uh, also losing it in real chat. time when that yes. shows but, but and so the thing that so okay, here's the thing. I think cheap pop anniversary <laughs> are not inherently bad. Yeah. They're is a pat sometimes it's just cool to see the character look, yeah and look in the common rider shinobi cross crime rider tycoon special um hooting and hollering when 70 year old man common rider z cross walks on stage for 30 seconds <laughs> to say you your ninjutsu will work on my cyborg body right. <laughs> yeah, see, that's great totally <laughs> And I'm like, awesome, thanks, 70 year old for like, especially for like a short thing like this. That could be a lot yeah. of fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It, in fact, it can be perfect. And small doses. Not not that we were expecting this. Let me be clear. We did not have high expectations for this, but once it was confirmed that Say and Reiji, the uh the the original protagonists of Gun to Build Fighters, would be showing up in this, there was that slight element of like Oh man, remember oh, yeah, those I do guys? Like, I do remember, like those guys. Remember those good kids? Uh-huh. I mean, those good kids had pretty bad taste in robots, but they were good kids nonetheless. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the issue with Gundam Build Metaverse is that it is the cheapest, shittiest type of crossover project. Just the characters show up, they say their line, they do their like one generic character trait, and then the fights themselves are not even that good. Like, despite this being directed by Masami Obari, you know, the legendary mm-hmm. mecha animator. Bandai does not seem to have put much money into this metaverse project. There are, there are a few build cool cuts, oh. but like, yeah, it's on they, the whole. They saw the uh, ship was already sinking on this one <laughs> and uh, just phoned it in. Is that what we're uh, maybe? I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's just it's kind of just a supremely generic. It's generic. It's not that flashy. And the characters that do show up don't even do the things you actually want from them. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really fulfill any of the things you would really want from a crossover project like this. Mm. Really yeah. is just a commercial, huh? Yep. In, I mean, yeah, in many ways, Gundam Build Metaverse is what we feared the original Gundam Build Fighters would be. It's why most of us wrote off the original Gundam Build Fighters all the way back in the heady days of 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. That was only like two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> not that long ago. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, I, you know, of course. I mean, I was, you know, I was in high school, right? Not normal. <laughs> oh, that's not. Oh, I was in college. I was in college. All right, <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, draw line on that one. Yeah. Uh, did well, my question? Did the did they ever put the metaverse site back up? I think it's still down due to security concerns. Is uh, yeah, that might not be a thing we could just fix, yeah. right? 
Uh, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. They're those yeah. you can't really put you can't really put away those three D files. Yeah. Only good thing uh, about Metaverse is the the last episode had a, had a weirdly large amount of uh, Reconquista in G representation in oh yeah, a, yeah of robots getting blown up in the background. <laughs> yes, but you know, I think Reco is just happy yeah. to be there. Yeah, a lot of you're just happy to be. A lot, of suits, yeah. a lot of G-Reco suits. A lot of G-Reco suits that never got kids. Yeah, though no, that 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 is the true that is the true dark implication of the Guns and Build that better the Guns and Build Metaverse series is that it might be a bad show, but it does live in an idyllic universe where Bandai actually made kits for all the robots we wanted. Yeah, well, I'd get a I'd get an HG Hikate. Look, we would an all HG get an Neo HG Hikate. You know, yeah. it's just. We don't live in that good universe. No, we live alas. in the bad universe where mm-hmm. we're going to build metaverse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, at least they didn't try to sell you NFTs, I guess. Um, Not yet. I don't know. I'm really, I'm be really last, grasping at straws yeah, on that. And one, that'll but. be the last Gundam of 2023, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Yes, yes, the yes, technically the last Gundam. Well, hmm, I think I no, think the seed movie's the last... January. Okay, I'm not gonna watch the seed movie. <laughs> well, neither am I, but you know. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I'm sure some people will be into that. We're stuck, Eero. I mean, this is the actual like terrifying existential realization <sighs> that Eero and I came to upon finishing Gundam Build Metaverse, is that. The greatest sin Gundam Build fighters ever committed was being too good. Mm-hmm. It, it, they set the it, bar too high, huh? They set the bar too high and incepted into us for the rest of our lives <laughs> the knowledge that this stupid spinoff could be good. Which, and that Eero and I uh, will probably yes. watch every entry in the Gundam Build spider series th- until we die. <laughs> because, yeah. you know... When 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 we're watching, you know, Gundam build re 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 rise in twenty years from now, yeah, Hero uh, and I will go. Do this to me. Yeah, but man, remember how good Gundam build fighters was? <laughs> 40, 40 years sure. from now, when you guys have your uh, Mazinger canes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody remembers those, God, uh, the Mazinger canes, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Truly, and you're watching that. Yes, but you're uh, like, but the first one was good. Uh, there's hope. Yeah, yeah, there's always hope. Well, I, I guess tet- I would have the Tetrogen Cane. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, by then it'll be maybe what, the get like, maybe the Getter Cane. Uh, uh, yeah, by then it would be uh, something from um, yeah, G Witch or something. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah, yeah by then the Gundam Aerial Cane or anime. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All right, we, we cannot talk about this anymore. Yes, let's let's move on. I guess to wrap that up, I mean, your expectations were not very high to begin with, right? So, no. I, yeah, but they did not disappoint in that regard. I guess <laughs> <laughs> we got a fun story out of it. All right, uh, one more thing we did not get a chance to talk about last time was Spy Family. I figured we could. Everybody knows what Spy Family is. We could wait wait a week to talk about that, or wait two weeks. So. Uh, it's back. It is back. Uh, full disclosure: I did not have time to watch more than the first episode of season two, but um, they finally did it. They finally shot her in the ass. 
Yes, we got <laughs> this, the... Right, this was a plot thread that they skipped in uh, season one, which happened a lot earlier. Okay, in so chronologically series. in the manga, this should have happened sooner, but... Yeah. Yes, this is why I had my unhinged rant about Spy Family season one months ago about how they didn't shoot your in the butt. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got our your butt shot. Don't... <laughs> Don't yeah. don't Google that. Well, <laughs> hey, depending what? on your mood. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I did watch that episode. It was I, I it was it was a good like get back into the action, you know, mm-hmm. reintroduce everybody sort of episode, I guess. Um, and you know, all the Lloyd and your shippers out there can eat good for an episode, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. I, I I fear, and this is ha- having not watched episode this because there's there's three episodes in now too, right? Like yeah, yeah. I kind of fear I'm going to run into the same problem I ran with with the first season, where like I start to take Spy Family for granted, and mm. uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I can watch it whenever. I did Spy Family, I know what it is. <laughs> and then when I watch, I'm like, oh right, the show is actually really good. Like <laughs> it, it is the type of show that is. It's almost it's it it's. It's it's not boring, definitely not that, but it is so predictably solid. Yes, I think it it's is like, very easy to forget the like actual like consistent level at which Spy Family is operating on. And it's I guess something about the consistency with me. It's like I feel like I can just put it off, and it's always going to be there for me. And right. uh, I mean, in many ways. You know, I mean, maybe Iro could also speak to this. The last few episodes mm-hmm. kind of, for better or worse, sort of illustrate that the highs and lows of Spy Family are almost kind of it. It, it is fairly flattened out, right? You right. know, you you the the bad episodes are not terrible, but you know they're not particularly memorable or you know, bad, quote unquote, as in the mm-hmm. like, less good uh, uh, stories. And and you're kind of just waiting for like the occasional spikes that come up during yeah. like particularly particularly good jokes that mm-hmm. uh you know I mean I mean this sort of thing with like this this type of like serial gag comedy you know a uh, slice of life show right, right is it sort of can it sort of just trucks along for a while and then you have right. like and, a real banger yeah and yeah. then it goes back to just trucking along. And that's Definitely. how you end up with like I don't know five hundred episodes of Gintama or whatever. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have not watched five hundred episodes. Neither nor I, but I have watched the one clip of Gintama that is like them making fun of like you know shonen tropes or whatever, right? Or the yeah. screenshot that's like well, Goku. The, or... the prison prison break doesn't make sense as a title once they escape from prison. Yeah, oh, until episodes, you yeah. realize that life is a prison. Their episode titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the little uh, bit of Gintama I watched, I know if had I been from the beginning i probably would have loved it but so yoichi fujita isn't it uh the beginning the first like season or two some of it is anyway yeah (laughs) anyways Uh, yeah so that's i think to sort of say about spy family is that maybe there just isn't that much to say it's solid it it continues like if if you liked spy family season one you'll like season two (laughs) the jokes the jokes are still good i I, my favorite i think my favorite joke in the uh the the one episode was um when one of the guys from the eagle organization that you're eliminated is the waiter at the restaurant he's like 
it's literally like 24 hours later, right? Or not even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like 18 hours later or something. Yeah. And he's he's like, already like, I thought. And he's already like, I I, le- I got out of the business and decided to, you know, get a real Go job clean, and clean yeah. up my life. And it's been like, like, it's been like, it's been like, it's been like three yeah. quarters of a day. It's uh, literally since, that waiter's first day at that job. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. So like the, 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 the jokes are still great. Yeah. It's still very, you know, cute. And it's just it does what it does very well but yeah on the flip side it's like also like i just i feel like you know we we've kind of hit the ceiling with it already too so like is it not really you know like there there will be i think if they follow specific storylines i think there's going to be some really great highlight moments in this season but i think you're going to have to get through just kind of what spy family is most of the time to get there, which I think is good enough for most of us. Again, you know, Spy mm-hmm. Family is the type of show, it's the type of manga that I look forward to it every time there's a new chapter, a new episode. You know, I chuckle at the jokes and yeah, then I move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you know, I also think that like the episodes two and three kind of make a, I think, a, uh, maybe a deliberate choice to focus on characters outside the Forger family that... Mm. I think could work for some people, but I think may also... That's a, that's a dice roll. Yeah, like episode two focuses very heavily <laughs> yeah. on Damien, uh, the, the little boy, and uh, mm. episode three focuses on Yuri, yours brother, and... Ugh, that's those I think it, <laughs> Yeah, and so it's sort of the thing of... And, and the thing that's very specific about these two episodes is that those two characters are not part of an ensemble cast. They are not interacting with the Forger family. They are carrying the plot of that episode on their own shoulders. And the thing you sort of realize is, oh, certain characters in this show just kind of can't do that, right? You know, you Mm -hmm. get an Anya episode, you get a Lloyd episode, you know know that, okay, this is going to be a pretty good... You need that center of gravity. Yeah, but... To prevent it from toppling, yeah. But personally to me, Damien and uh, Yuri do not have that gravity, but like the two worst characters uh (laughs) but i guess that's maybe the intent of these episodes is to try to flesh them out but if that works on you i think your mileage may vary Mm, well i'll have to get through them eventually but peter you've been you're caught up with spy family too right yeah i i have a i have a a a thought a conspiracy theory if you will (laughs) okay Um, because, as you say, as you're saying, the 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 side characters are certainly getting more and more of a thing in season two, and I feel like the, what they're trying to do is build um, build up all these other characters because they've got the movie coming up in in a couple of months. Ah, that is oh, true. Maybe, maybe yeah. so. Um, uh, Spy Family Code White is in, right. releasing in Japan in, in December twenty second. I don't actually know like the plot of that movie or if uh, all those characters will appear in it. But but I'm I'm thinking more that they're focusing on the side characters in the TV series because they're going to be focusing on the family in the film. Yeah, perhaps. maybe right, right. No, maybe. Yeah, I mean, is that going to be? I, I mean, most anime movies end up being like anime original things, right? Right. Right. You know, questionably canon. <laughs> right. But uh, that's that's that that's a valid uh, valid theory, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that these episodes are based off stories that did appear in the manga, so it's not like it's 
anime. Right. It's not like they're Marvel pulling them out of nowhere, but right. right. Their choice of timing or whatever. Uh, as seeing as a lot of spy family, you, you could rearrange the order and it wouldn't matter. Oh, right? definitely. They're, they're already, they already have. Plenty. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a I'll get to him when I get to him. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. That's how I watched season one. I basically like binged three or four episodes at a time. Right. Uh, but again, I, I don't want to discredit how good the show is. It's just it's almost too solid. It is very easy to get spoiled on Spy Family. Like yes. you have to watch a really bad adaptation to be reminded yeah, don't mm-hmm. how low key impressive Spy Family is. Remember, folks, don't don't take good things for granted, and that they're always going to be there. You should appreciate <laughs> what you have. Yep. Anyway, I have one very last little thing about Spy Family that I I, I want people to appreciate. Mm. Okay, and that and that is the um, the voice actor who um, plays Bond, the dog, mm-hmm. is Matsuda Kanichiro. Who also voices the narrator in Spy Family? Sure, huh. double up. Okay, I, uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Does yeah. does Bond? I don't remember how Anya communicates with Bond. Does he talk? She just reads his mind. Like... Yeah, Bond just goes both. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if like she actually hears words or she just knows occasionally, words. but it's okay. like broken. It's you know like Hulk speak. You're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't remember what what that sounded like, but yeah, it's been a while. Okay, well, yeah. Spy Family's good. That is your safety net. If all else fails, you can watch Spy Family and have a good time. Okay, so let's talk about get a, getting back around to the shows we've discussed last time, and we'll start by talking about. The Yuzuki family's four sons. Did they fix the subtitles? Yes. Okay. So that was the big the big thing with the show was the controversy surrounding the apparently what appeared to be AI generated subtitles or machine translated subtitles, however you want to phrase it these days. Uh, they have been fixed uh, and both on episode one and on the episodes going forward after that. So that's good. Uh, interestingly, I think the only official statement from Crunchyroll was basically like, we're sorry, we're working with our partners in Japan to fix it. And word uh-huh. on the street unofficially is that the, the original Japanese company forced them to use those subs in episode one against their better judgment. You know what I mean? So, on one Not hand, that... maybe that's bullshit. On the other hand, like you hear that happen often enough that I mean, it's we were not talking... outside realms of possibility. Third we children, about... you know, like yeah. The, well, the, yes, the fa- the famous Evangelion third children incident comes to mind, mm-hmm. of course. But we were also just literally talking about with Gun to Build Metaverse the sort of like right. backwards. Uh, you know, could mm-hmm. I could I see the Japanese publisher being like? No, we are going to try these AI subs. They're just as good as regular subs. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, you know, none of the nuances coming through anyway. Yeah, and we're going to try it on the show that nobody's going to watch, and you know, we're going to see that it's going to be fine. And um, you well, know, I don't fine. know how. 
I don't know how much it affected people actually watching the show, uh, but um, you know, it still has a pretty decent rating on Crunchyroll. Better sure. than uh, better than uh, Bullbuster, but we'll get into that later. Uh, come, um, on. Oh, come on, yeah. The, yeah. the uh, <laughs> I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But the uh, yeah, so that so that's been fixed. And again, you know, I'm not absolving Crunchyroll of anything without any official uh, word, but it did sound like that's that was the word on the street and it does add up like i wouldn't surprise right. me if that's really what happened that all said uh-huh. uh good I they fixed the subs you, yeah. i recall you having like praise for this show last time yeah i was kind <laughs> of anymore i was kind of hoping so i i was i was generally positive on the first episode i thought it was a nice groundwork even if it was a bit kind of predictable and not like terribly interesting Mm -hmm. um and so i was kind of like let me give it another episode and see if they really blow me away because there's potential there like we talked about right you know we we let me and artemis were saying how you know we really liked that it was about like a family like Mm -hmm. i called it the cousin of the dad anime it's like you know (laughs) because right right there's this you know it's a dynamic you don't see a lot of with the kids being all very different ages. And right. It's like just, the other show I can think of that's like a big family of, of boys. It's like Osamatsu, where they are all identical and just yes. have different dirtbag personalities. And right? this is a very different show than that. <laughs> yes, this is, mm-hmm. this is supposed to be more like, you know, the healing type heartwarming kind uh, of right, show. Because yeah. it's, you know, it the, the it's the foundation of it is the tragedy of losing their parents. But the show itself is a lot more, you know, lighthearted. You know, right, the boys being a family that cares about each other, kind of thing. Yeah, and I was just not feeling it in the second episode. Mm. Like it was, it's so. So the second episode, they get into the most complicated of the relationships, which is the two middle brothers. Because sure, right, makes sense. Um, th- so whereas there's a big age gap between like the oldest brother and the youngest brother, the two middle brothers are only eleven months apart. So they're practically right. the same. They're practically the same age, but that eleven months mm-hmm. when the differences between different differences between being like twelve and thirteen is pretty big. Yeah. So like, so they are actually like in another grade. Like, like the older one is in like the grade up. Right, right, um, right. And he's like he looks considerably older. Um, yeah, just because of the, like, yeah. like yeah, if you're gonna hit one year, that's a big gap. Like twelve to thirteen is a pretty big right. gap. And so then they, but that, so that is child to teen, right? Like, right. Yeah. So that's literally, it's literally jumping from child to teenager. Uh, and um, he's kind of seen as the, the more responsible one that gets relied on the most. Cause he's now the, he's the second oldest. And the second episode dives into his perspective of, well, damn, I'm only, 11 months older why am i getting thrown with all this uh, extra well, responsibility with all this shit now? Yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. i'm being treated like i'm like 10 years older than my brother and i'm like only like you know we're practically you know we're pra- practically the same age so i mean this sounds like it could be pretty interesting it sounds good but like <laughs> okay it's just so on the nose they're not mm. really exploring anything interesting with it it's just like and and they they it didn't feel like it needed a whole episode by itself gotcha. to get into this. So like they, they go like all the way back to like the day they were born, you know, they were born <laughs> up to like present day. And I'm like, uh-huh. 
yeah, we got the point, folks. We can right. we can kind of move on. I could have done a little more show don't tell on this one. Like and even mm. like you could even like see it like a little bit in the first episode without having to go through all this, right? And they spend an entire episode and I don't know. Like I'm not seeing any kind of I don't know, creative spin on this or anything. It just like is what it's it just, is. It just is what it is without any like And it's it's not novelty to the Yeah, premise. and it's not bad. It's just like this is a, this is again a show that if this were last season, I'd mm-hmm. definitely be watching it. And this right. season with all these other things to watch, like it's not a priority. If I drop some more shows, maybe I'll like come back around to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't watch the third episode. I will only watch the second episode. Okay. So I don't. I don't know what's going on there. But, um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's a nice foundation, and it's just they're not really going anywhere with it. Didn't seem like so. I don't know. But mm. you know, yeah. it, I'm glad they fixed the subs. So at least it's a decent. Uh, at least you can understand it. And, <laughs> Great. Um, Ringing endorsement for the Yuzuki families for our sons. It's understandable. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it is an interesting idea. I will say, like, right. that, that that whole concept kind of made me think of it. I, I did relate somewhat because, like, mm. it, growing up, I have so I was I grew up with my sister and I have a stepsister and my stepsister is only like three months younger than me. Right. But because of our birthdays, I was in the grade ahead. Uh, <laughs> so we weren't even in the same right. grade or anything. And I was always like treated as like the older, the, the much older person. I'm like, well, I'm only like three months older. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and that's a weird thing that can happen when you have step families. But. It was right. just like, yeah, I, I, I could, I, I get it. It's an interesting take I've never seen before. But mm-hmm. the, but once, once the, once they start getting into the, the story and everything, it's just like they kind of beat it to death. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. If I drop a bunch of other things, I might come back around to it. But for now, it's on pause. Gotcha. Okay. So, for example. Mm-hmm. I have a, I still have a lot of episodes of Freeman to catch up on. <laughs> oh boy, mm-hmm. yeah, because uh, we're what, like seven episodes in now or something. Uh, God, yes, 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 it's it's two weeks. It's like three weeks into the season, and ruining my like internal clock about how far the season is. In. So, <laughs> and even now, I've I only had time to watch like one more episode. Mm. So, like, I'm still way behind on this. Um, but right, uh. Yeah, I I don't I mm-hmm. I I did enjoy the second episode probably more than the first episode I will say, although I I don't know I, I'm a little I'm, I'm a little concerned but but I kind of don't want to get too much into it until I catch up. Um, um, Peter, did you watch uh, any of Free Run? Peter, you I, actually I, did catch up. I with caught all of it, right? up today. Oh my goodness! Podcast. Wow! Oh gosh! That's like two hours. <laughs> I watched five episodes today. Oh my goodness! I watched a movie. How, how yeah. did you? Uh, how did you feel about? How are you feeling about it? Uh, it started getting good in episode six, I think. <laughs> Interesting. That's okay. when Stark shows up, right? Yeah, when when okay. when, the, when a character with personality shows up. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. This is 
this is i am okay uh, you know Iro and i being the right. manga readers right like, you have to admit Iro, this is a fascinating i, I understand idea. i understand where you're coming from like the show yeah. has a very has a very stoic demeanor all the time right like it is yeah. it is I get, like sort of dry uh dryly presented at times i was already starting to feel that even in by episode two where like your two characters that are eating up all your screen time kind of have the same the same personality right personality which is not you so if you have a character like free red who's sort of like the just detached like yeah. emotionally detached sort of soft-spoken you know mm-hmm. character character you got to have other characters to balance that out and right right um when your other balancing character is also like that it's like so i will say it, it's that... a mood it's a mood um right. and and obviously i will say like with episode two that would have been the introduction of hater or uh the much older hater and fern right like they uh where where uh hater convinces freyra to stick around basically right right so it, it, it's when mm-hmm. uh it's up to ha- ha- uh, hater dies by the okay yes yeah, so it's okay, so. away, but yes okay so yeah. the thing i will say is that fern's character this is a great example of some of, I guess, what is the trope that is known as, you know, early installment weirdness of Fern does sort of get introduced early on as kind of operating on a similar wavelength to Freyren. And I wouldn't say that ever disappears, but a sort of development that quickly like gets off the ground, even by like episodes four or five, is Fern developing into someone who is stoic and sort of emotionally detached in the way that Freyrin is but the 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 simple difference of her being a much younger person who also lives a much shorter lifespan like creates a certain sense of like if not urgency then like uh, um intent in Fern's actions and thoughts that sort of right. contrast her directly with Freyrin who is like you know, whose lifestyle Carefree, and lifespan. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already see, see that in, in episode two, when even as, you know, younger Fern is like, I can't spend a year of my life finding blue flowers. Like we have to, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta wrap this one yeah, up. Here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. And I, I, they're, they're definitely different characters like that. I'm not saying that like, they're exactly the same, but in terms of like, I don't know, setting the tone. Right. Mm. And, and this <laughs> is why... What's going on. Yeah. And, and this is why yeah. I, I think I will I will echo Peter's sentiment that the introduction is Stark, the third member of the party, and uh, the, the party's fighter, actually, does sort of create and introduce an important like contrast to the other two characters, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of what the focus is of the, the, the most two recent episodes that uh, we'd have watched to talk about since uh, the last time we spoke on the podcast. Um Kind of the big plot line is the introduction of Stark, who is uh, this red-haired kid with an axe, and he is introduced as um, Aizen's protege, sort of in a direct contrast to Fern, who is uh, Freyrin's student. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Stark, who taught, who who was trained by the old dwarf man, and um, sort of gets into a similar like kind of explores a like a, a thematically similar but also contrasted difference in the ways that Fern and Stark were raised by their respective mentors 
and how that sort of like, you know, sent them down specific paths of who they'd end up becoming. Uh, you know, like in many ways, right? Like Fern is the classic, like naturally talented protege, right? Or prodigy, I mean. And so Freyren's like mostly detached approach to teaching, like allows Fern to sort of develop as a very like independently minded uh, student. Uh, whereas the sort of contrast with Stark is Stark being a human kind of feels like he is always struggling under the, sh- the, 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 the giant shadow of his very short mentor, right? The super powerful mm-hmm. buff, you know, legendary, you know, God slaying fighter that is his master. Right. And I guess the thing, the thing that, you know, Freyren sort of does, the story, I mean, is like, you know, kind of explore how our students or just, you know, the people who succeed us, you know, they inherit a lot of what we give to them, but they are also their own people. And the only way they can truly succeed is by becoming their own people. And so with Stark, the fun reveal of his character who he, you know he is inter- he is initially introduced as this sort of cowardly meek like guy with a lot of confidence issues who believes that like he just he, he'll never be able to live up to his master and then when he actually has to fight in one of these episodes against a a red dragon that is terrorizing a village uh <laughs> the fun <laughs> of the reveal is that Stark is not just like a 20th level D&D fighter he is an anime D&D fighter. <laughs> and so he yeah. can like drop kick a dragon through a mountain. He can orbital drop from like a mile into the air and, mm-hmm. you know, emerge completely unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so they make this whole big show about like, Stark is like, Freyred, you have to promise me you're going to help me fight this dragon. Like, I'm going to hold this dragon down. I'm going to be your party's tank. I'm going to stall this dragon. And you have to finish it off when it's like, when I have it mm-hmm. pinned down. And the whole joke is Freyred doesn't help the whole fight. And Stark is like, man, what the fuck is wrong with this elf bitch? She's going to get me killed. And then it turns out that Stark could kill the dragon single-handedly by himself the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a pretty good bit where, like, yeah, he just turns to Freyra and Freyra's like, it's already dead, what are you talking about? Right. He's like, <laughs> I've, it's been, it hasn't been 30 seconds, I've been holding it off this whole time, but what the fuck, are you, when are you gonna jump in, you shitty old hag? It's like, so, it's okay, dead. so that, you got him. You killed it already, yeah. So, I don't have any other context on this, like, right. do, does she not help him on purpose or yeah. she just doesn't care okay on purpose because she can tell that he is she can tell that right. he can handle it. Mm-hmm. it is that is she like testing him or she just is like oh you can handle it like is that or i guess the, it's kind of the same thing but the thing, sort of like enabling him to overcome himself right yeah oh, okay because okay. like he doesn't quite appreciate his own skill level um because like, okay, that's, be- that's better than what i was originally thinking okay yeah, because like, mm-hmm. like the the thing with the dragon was the dragon was um, like terrorizing this village, and this guy shows up, faces off the dragon, and the dragon bails, and he and then he's hailed as a hero, and he's like, I have no idea what's going on, uh, but the dragon left, so that's cool. I'm gonna hang around here and eat everyone's food, um, and he's not realized that the dragon is really smart, 
and um, recognized how powerful this guy is. And the dragon was like, yeah, I'm not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, like, later when the Three show shown up and they're actually fighting, or rather, like, Stark's fighting the, the dragon, dragon's like, right, fine, I'll have to actually fight and then loses. Because, yeah, Stark was like, I'm going to need to help, I'll hold this off for 30 seconds, you finish them off, and then Freeman's like, no, you got this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was just thinking of, like, in episode two, uh, mm-hmm. Fern's already thinking that, like, why, you know, Freeman is so powerful and could be like saving so many people. And she just chooses to go chase flowers. Like what is her problem? <laughs> and I like elf mindset. I don't know. I just, right. I'm just like curious where they're going with that. So that's why I was like, when, mm-hmm. I was, when I, so I was asking like, you know, was that her like teaching this guy a lesson or was it just cause she doesn't care? Right. No, I, I totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so, I mean, again, I, I guess I should just watch the episodes myself. <laughs> sure, but, yes. but yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the important thing that, like, you know, that, that Peter was alluding to is that Stark has a more outsized personality. Uh, he mm-hmm. is a much more fallible type of character. Uh, he has much more noticeable, like, flaws and quirks. And right. so he kind of inherently create, becomes a good foil for the two more stoic members of the party. No, um, I would say still within the, like, circle of the tone of the story at writ large is still rather stoic oh yes yes i mean i guess that is the thing right he's like stark is outsized by the standards of freyren Mm -hmm. uh he would be he would probably be considered taciturn by the cut like the standards of your more like classic jrpg Mm -hmm. but um it's not like we're it's not like we're now on wacky anime adventures no not not quite uh, but yeah uh, okay and I but, think the introduction yeah. of Stark is opening Fern up as well. Yes. In the most recent episode I watched, like there's a bit where Fern, Fern goes to Stark and say, it sounds like we're going to be stuck here for two years. That sucks, right? And Stark's like, yeah, it sucks. And Fern's like, oh my god, someone who's normal. <laughs> right. 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 You, also, someone... you also think it's crazy to stay here for two right. years, right? Having someone her own age, yeah, definitely helps open her up as a character as well. Um, and then, yeah, the latest episode sort of gets into what becomes one of the more, like, overarching themes of Freyren with the introduction of the demon. Well, not the introduction, but the reintroduction of demons in the context of the modern era of Freyren, right? So, you know, in the backstory, Freyren was part of the, you know, the, the, the hero's party that defeated the demon king. But in modern day, it's revealed that, you know, Demon King was not like, you know, it was not the hive mind, you know, like when the Demon King died, all the other demons did not die, right? It's like it's a lot of them went laid low for a few decades, basically. Right, their armies scattered to the winds, essentially. And we are, you know, starting to see them sort of begin to make their comeback in, in the latest episode. And, you know, you brought this up as a really mm. interesting, like, contrast about, well, you know, maybe we'll start with, like, the... The core conceit that Freyren the story makes about demons. So demons, which are the, you know, generally humanoid except for their devil horns, uh, look and appear human, talk like humans. Freyren the stories makes a very explicit thing about its world building, which is that demons in this setting do not inherently possess personhood. That they do not inherently have humanity or empathy. Mm-hmm. And that 
every demon, every demon born to to no exception, is essentially a highly evolved predator that has learned human speech to mimic the prey it is hunting. And so demons don't actually understand concepts like family, camaraderie, you know, uh, uh, love. But they do understand that humans react in specific ways to these words and thus use those words, you know, you know, are capable of even engaging in like peaceful negotiation with humans. But at its core, it is all a means to an end, which is the demon's inherent desire to prey on humans. And so, you know, the latest episode has Freyren and her party entering this, you know, this, you know, <laughs> fantasy um, city of the week, right? Yeah. And sees that, you know, a delegate of demons are just simply allowed to walk in the street unmolested. And she immediately switches into, like, doom guy mode. Just, like, <laughs> ready to blast these motherfuckers the instant she sees them. And we get a good flashback of, like, why and how this specific approach was formed when... Uh, Himmel's party 50 or no, 80 years ago had a similar run-in with a seemingly sympathetic or you know non-hostile demon and the ways in which that encounter broke extremely poorly uh, uh, over time. And I thought it was kind of interesting in the context of modern fantasy. I'm sure anybody who has like even remotely brushed up against D&D or any fantasy series made in the last 10 years most modern fantasy generally hedges away from inherently evil races, right? As a rule, mm-hmm. just because of the like weird implications that come up if you say that, oh, everyone who was born of this race is inherently right, evil. Right. I mean, it sounds like the way you're describing them, they're more like animals almost, right? Like it's, right. But yeah. at the end of the day, they still look and talk like people in the context of you are Which a, is a little weird. watching this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, feels, yeah. that feels weird. Like, it's, I understand the concept. It's supposed to, right? Like, right. right. Well, well, that's the thing. It sounds like mm-hmm. the like the people that don't know any better are, you know, trying to negotiate with them or whatever, right? Whereas Freer knows better from past experience. That's what they're going for. Right. Yeah. But, uh, Interesting. And and the, and the reason I bring this up is because Eero brought up actually a really good comparison point that gets brought up in this episode. Because Freyren... A lot of this episode is spent on Freyren giving us like pretty detailed descriptions on the behavior and mindset of demons. But she also spends a good amount of this episode talking about the behavior and mindset of elves. And uh, Eero, if you want to like mm, uh, I break mean, that down. Right, so... I didn't really know. I didn't really think about this when I was reading the manga at the time, but having it laid out in one episode made me go, "Oh, I, now I like have a better understanding of what they're doing here." Which is that, like, so putting these two things next to each other, elves are not that different from demons in this setting, in the sense of like they are incredibly long-lived and emotionally, um, like, dead. <laughs> not dead, but uh, do not relate to other people. Uh, do not form familial units, right? Uh, right, like, Freyron makes it a very specific point. Elves in this world do not form communities. They do not form families. They do not even form relationships, really. She literally says the elves are basically, like, dooming themselves to a slow extinction because they just are, by and large, fundamentally incapable of relating to other people. Right. But, uh... 
And so this is able to be contrasted with the demons who are similar and but the use mimic these uh, concepts to prey on other people and uh but then like as much as free run will say us elves don't care about community and is it's like and while she is in fact quite detached uh i mean she's already shown that she cares yeah right yeah, right she cares in her own <laughs> way right and, and yeah. they especially use the flashbacks with himmel to sort of illustrate that like even if Freyrin claims she does not care or does not form attachments easily, and you know, e- you know, and the whole point of this journey is to discover what Himmel meant to her. In many ways, these flashbacks are already spelling out in bright letters, like this is what Himmel meant to her. Is Himmel the hero? It sort of through their journey together instilled in her like a baseline sense of like morality and justice that right. she actually does hold fairly close to her heart even if she herself doesn't quite realize it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm curious how people yeah. react to the demon stuff, because I've already seen some posts being like, it's weird that Freerun suddenly had as a super racist subplot. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I could see why people might yeah. think in that direction, but... It sounds like there's enough nuance there where I wouldn't necessarily go that route, but it is if, if, if certainly just talking about it without seeing it sounds a little weird. Right. It does <laughs> but, feel like a throwback, right? It does feel like a throwback to like the seventies era of fantasy, you know. The, yeah. When, right. When the races of creatures was morally prescribed. Uh-huh. All orcs yeah, it, are just evil because they are orcs. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um Yeah. So I, I got I got to catch up myself personally. For the record, I, I did very much enjoy the first two episodes. Like even though I I have concerns, kind of in sounded like we're in line with what Peter was thinking, um, of as far as to where we were headed. But, um, you know I I think even taking it at the slow quiet pace that's at, there's a lot of charm to it. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. There's, there's, um, it's still very likable. Um, I still like Freerin, even though she's kind of weird and detached and cold and everything. Like, <laughs> she, they, she, she, just she has, a, she has enough dumb anime faces. Yeah, to, right. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of the core of like Freerin is like for all of her stoicism and all of her supposed emotional detachment, she's also kind of a brat, right? Like, yes. she, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, if you keep watching, you'll, you know, watch episodes where Fern is kind of basically Fern's mom. Fern literally saying, I'm basically your mother. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that type of character is a hard sell for me. So, like, to, like, win me over with that type of character takes takes some work. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to catching up with it eventually. But, God, now I'm a... So much episodes back or something like Uh, it's too much. I'll get. I might not make it by next episode. Maybe maybe the episode by the episode after that I'll be caught up. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. All right. right. Let's. Um. Gee, I think you're the only one still watching Overtake. Somehow, yeah. Somehow, still watching this. How's that been going? (sighs) I. Overtake is that good? Uh, huh? it's, it's it's well, it's 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 tough. So I think so. The last two episodes of Overtake, uh, the first of the two, we finally get a race again. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Koya, the photographer, has managed to get like some sponsorship deals going. 
you know, thanks to like his connections. And so the, you know, our plucky little motorsports team, you know, they, they can finally afford a couple more tires and, you know, that, which allows Haruka to get more time practicing, which means that he is, you know, slowly getting better, you know, and it, it, I will say like, they do kind of get into the interesting element of like, you know, motorsport is not one of those sports where like you can just gunbare your way to the top, right? Like you can't train harder because to right. train you need the car, and the car needs to be maintained, and <laughs> right. the car it needs to be money. able to drive. Yeah. It costs right. money to drive the car. Y- y- you know, this y- is not just yeah. <laughs> Sorting once still has has your base operation costs. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's like you can't just shoot hoops till two in the morning to get better, right? Yeah, the the, the um, human is like a percentage of the equation, right? right. Like you can only force, you can only do so much as the human element of it. The rest yeah. of it is just kind of and, hard, cold, hard right. facts and money. Yeah. And so the, the race episode kind of, you know, gets into like, you know, Haruka's like anxieties about like, you know, once again, right? Like he, he wants to make the podium. He wants to do better, right? He wants to, you know, the whole, you know, the whole, you know, him being the sort of stoic wonderkind, right? Like, you know, they very much get into the, inter- you know, his interior of like, he is a kid who has placed a lot of pressure on himself, right? As the sole racer of this, like, you know, pretty like slapdash team, but also now it's a slapdash team with sponsors, right? Now there's actually money on the table and the like pressure that comes from that. And then sort of contrasts it to um, a rival team that if you watch the first episode, you'll remember is, um, was it, was Belsorio or something? It's, it's the red team. Um. Uh, who the are the ones like, with the money? The ones with cars. the money, right? Yeah, and kind of gets into their interiority, and it's like it's kind of the episode kind of focuses on this idea of like no matter who you are, if you are on this track, there is you are shouldering a lot, right? Uh, of course, for a tr- you know a, a team like uh, Belsorio, the pressure is we're always in first place, right? Like we always make the podium, right? This is not a team for losers. Right. Like, you know, if you can't if you can't put up the numbers, if you can't keep up, like we'll cut you from the team. Right. And, you know, the sort of inherent um, tension between uh, Belsorio's number one and two drivers. You know, you had the blonde kid who is like the. Did you know that uh, sports anime love uh, (laughs) the conflict of talent versus hard work? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Here we go, and yep. and so the blonde playboy kid is like the prodigy, right? He's a racing prodigy. Mm-hmm. He's very lackadaisical. Uh... He plays it loose, but it doesn't matter because he's a winner. You know, he is a born winner. He is a genius on the track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have his much more dour um, number two race. Brain racer, is melting, um, but yeah, who is the hard worker? Right? He pushes himself harder than anybody else, but he just cannot put up the same numbers as his number one. And doesn't make any sense because it's cars, but yes. Yeah, you know, and you know, like <laughs> also like holds a lot of like resentment in his heart because I guess the story is that both of them were auditioning to be the number one driver for this team. Mm-hmm. And the number two uh, uh had a run in with Haruka on that day that like basically dashed his hopes of like winning that audition, right? So there's like multiple levels of resentment going on here. And you know, I mean, whatever. It's typical sports stuff. So, like, the number two, like, 
begs the team manager to let him lead the race this time because he's really studied the track. He knows it better than the number one. The number one even admits, yeah, I know his car is probably better suited for this race than mine. And the manager really isn't having it, right? Because he, you know, for better or worse, he sees the numbers, right? He says, objectively, you're an inferior driver to the number one. Like, I don't know what you think, you know, you're asking for here, right? But basically says, but you know what, tell you what, I'll give you a shot. You know, we'll put you ahead and let's see what you can do. And hey, guess what? These guys are not the protagonists. So uh, number two fucking eats shit. And, well, okay, he doesn't die, but <laughs> he eats shit super hard to Haruka. <laughs> and you know, again, right? Again, yes, again, yeah. in a way. And it's, you know, this guy's not particularly sympathetic, but as a fellow untalented hard worker, <laughs> I cannot help but feel a great degree of sympathy for someone like this who clearly God, puts in was, the time. What was that? That badminton anime, Hanebato. Hanebato, similar oh vibe. Goodness. Yes, hard worker versus. I mean, there, hard yeah, versus I mean, like practically every sports anime tackles yes. us at some point. But yeah. that's yes, that, that I, feel, does, that, right? I feel like that's the Glorio one that uh, yeah <laughs> really got into. Uh, but yes. um, you know, so I guess like I mean, I'm not going to summarize the whole episode, but the long and short of it is just like it gets into this idea that like everybody here has a story. Everybody is carrying something on their shoulders. And I think right. my understanding is in, in many ways, that is the great appeal of motorsports in real life as well is like, you follow these drivers, you follow their life stories, you know, right. like you're not following mm-hmm. a team, you are following a driver. And, right. you know, the, the drama that comes up from, you know, them being humans, uh, which again, I, I was, I was, I was pretty into it. Um, and then the second of the two episodes sort of gets back into the off the track stuff and gets a lot mm-hmm. into Koya's like backstory, you know, the photographer, you know, who is implied to have like a great degree of trauma of right. you know taking photos of people. And they kind of get into it here and they 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 reveal that like Koya was a photographer in Tohoku. Oh, okay. Uh, during we're, the earthquake. They're bringing like a real Yes, yes. Actual real, real um, events, events yes. into this. Uh, yes, and the great degree of trauma he carries with him being a photojournalist. And yeah. specifically, you know, a lot of the photos he took were of people literally moments before their deaths. Right. Like, you know, you, and, and... You get that, there's that one famous photograph of like a starving um, child with like a vulture in frame uh, from... God. many decades ago yeah. oh god and, yes yes and the god, photographer god. like who took that photo or photograph committed suicide uh yeah it's like because he was like what am i doing taking pictures of this instead of doing anything about it right and there yeah. is a little bit of that maybe not to the same right. degree of, of that's just what i'm instantly reminded of yeah. but yes that is sort of what they explored with koya of you know like they talk about like his most iconic photo was of a girl seconds before she is about to be swallowed by the tsunami and just like the the feelings of like yes what for sucks what to be known for that or like yes and also like what are you even i mean you know it's like they, they don't get into like oh he could have saved her it, it, it's, no no they, of they course not any of that right they understand that at its core like being a photojournalist is like you're often taking photos of things that are completely out of your physical control and almost the only thing you really can do is Document capture this them. moment yeah. and hope that like someone you know the, the weight of the people or somebody in power will do something about it right and mm-hmm. But nonetheless, this is the trauma Koya carries with him. And 
I'll be real, guys. I think I've just given a more generous description of this plot line. I was going to say, I was like, you're making the sound interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I wish. Man, I'm just good at that, aren't I? Hmm. (laughs) I'm good at pulling out the the meat off these fucking bones. Yeah, is that like like 5% of the episode or something? Well, it's not that it's 5% of the episode. It's that it's told in the most fucking just like, you know, Koya's ex-wife, the other photographer lady, just, you know walks up to Haruka because Haruka and Koya had a fight. Oh, and she just, over, just you know, starts telling him the story. Like, and just tells yeah. him the story. And it's like, and see, that's why Koya cares, but he's broken right. inside or something. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. There must have been a better way to tell this story. <laughs> I, the way I told it is a better way to tell the mm. story than the anime touch. And, yeah. and we kind of get into a very, I hope I am only, I hope I am I hope I'm. I, I hope I'm just terminally online. I hope I'm just terminally mm, online. Oh and I, am not, I am not misreading things, because there's a lot of a, there's a lot of p- subplot in this episode where you know Haruka is visiting his father's grave and telling his father about you know uh, all these things that have happened and like about this new like guy he's met who's this photographer who's done all these things for the team. And how like he wishes that uh, his dad could have met this photographer, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of like is, is queer baiting. Like, is Koya gonna become Haruka's lowercase d daddy, right? And uppercase d daddy. Oh, um, because the episode ends with Haruka taking Koya to visit his father's grave, and it's like. <laughs> It's a little bit of like I haven't known each other that long. She like yeah. What like they haven't known each other that long? Oh, but there is a little bit of that subtext of like introducing, right, like introducing this man to the parents, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's uh, sure. I mean, I, it's you know, that kind of show. Yeah, was, I assumed you know, it would be, it would go that way. Look, it's sports one. anime, which means a high degree of male of, of you know a high a high uh, percentage mm-hmm. male cast. Who yep. are you know have very intense feelings about the things they're doing? Yes, yeah. um, strong, strong friendships. Yes, uh, and uh, the thing I will leave this at—that is sort of the reason I, I struggle with this show because, and I think why I'm still watching it. I think this is legitimately one of the most expressive anime I've watched. Oh yeah, like in character, a while. character, like the character really, animation really good. Yeah. in this show is immaculate, dude. There is a scene again, like there's a scene where the ex-wife is talking about, uh, you know. What happened to Koya and Tohoku? And in the flashback, she says, you know, it took me months, you know, because of like the, you know, the disc, you know, the the, the infrastructure and even just getting to Ho- Tohoku was impossible. And and so like, you know, months later, she finally travels to Tohoku as well to look for him. And when she finds him, there's no narration. She doesn't explain what happens. It's just, just the camera holds on her face for like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And she goes through like eight different facial expressions of like grief, relief, confusion, grief again, like yeah. emotional, overwhelming. Oh, and they they, and they don't actually show him; they just show her face. Well, they or... they do show him. They show him, okay. and then immediately cut back to her face. And it's like it's right. really well done. It's immaculate. It's like this woman's facial expressions in in this scene. Because that, that, that's like, that's type of like framing you would see more in a like live action uh setting uh rather than animation right right and the confidence of these animators of this director <laughs> to like 
trust that you will be able to read the like half a dozen di- different emotional like reactions she is going through in the span of like 10 seconds is mm-hmm. it's really well done it's 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 excellent yeah. it's just also this anime is kind of what it is <laughs> yeah 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 <sighs> i mean ex- execution counts for a lot but i don't know it's not often not enough to carry a show for me at least but yeah, yeah. i i don't know it's it's i don't know man I'm, i might be stuck on this boat you know i might just like mm-hmm. shit i gotta i gotta see this through one way or another i mean it's it's a 13 episode one right so right it's not yeah. like it's not like i'll be here till next season so <laughs> yeah all right well we'll we'll check back if you're still watching next time on that one mm-hmm. let's uh Let's move on and talk about Miggy and Dolly. Miggy and Dolly. Iro, is this anime Twin Peaks? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, we're not. Doing that. Okay, <laughs> cut that one off at the at the. At the it line. is weird. Uh, it is weird. It's, it's still definitely weird. Twin Peaks inspired, like informed by Twin Peaks, right? Um, yes. And I have only watched two episodes. I don't. I don't intend to watch anymore. Um, oh, you didn't watch the third episode. Okay. No, well, I got I got to wherever they express their true goal. Um, okay. That's, I think, at the end of episode two. I believe so, yeah. Like after the, like the post-credits episode mm-hmm. two or something. Um, yeah. I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Right. The, I think the episode three... It, it's a very... Episode three kind of hits the peak of mixing the very weird sort of creepiness with the absurd kind of just the absurdity of the scenario. Like I feel like, cause so, so like in the second episode, that was the one where they have like the, the the party, the party. Right. Right. And, um, I think two important things happen in these episodes. One, I mean, the big thing is we, we find out the, the two boys, their goal of why they've, come here which is from other, whatever, in this town, whatever right now whatever weird things was going on with their mother i don't like they don't quite get into all that but basically their mother appeared to be murdered in this town and they were shipped off to an orphanage and they were just plotting some way to get back to the town so they could investigate and find out who uh, murdered their mother so that they can kill them get revenge yep so their their goal is to basically search like every home mm-hmm. in and of the, course in this town this party scene conveniently serves to introduce like two dozen characters who potentially could have been been involved with this right yes so 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 in episode two they have the the housewarming party where we meet a lot of the it, it's a small town so this is actually feasible right so yeah they meet a lot of the people from around town and they kind of investigate their own home with their adopted parents, and for the time being, anyway, rule them out as the murderers. Right. Uh, which is, you know, that's kind of the key thing in episode two. I think the other important thing that gets introduced is um, the boys are not completely infallible. <laughs> right. They they like their whole scheme in episode two, and turns out to be like not necessary, and then they have to pull it. They have to yeah drop in the middle and it causes problems right yeah and that carries on into episode three where they actually start to make distinction between the two of them right i mean one is 
one is right and one is left, right? Yeah, so like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, like, even personality-wise. Personality-wise, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Migi is, like, the older one. You know how that goes with twins, right? I was born five was... minutes earlier or whatever, and I'm the, I'm, so I'm the big brother. And, yep. uh, you know, he's the more... I mean, they're both very cool and stoic, right? But he's the more cool and stoic one. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dolly is more of a hothead. He just manages to keep it in in front of people. But in, like in his inner monologue, he's like super pissed off at everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they start to make that distinction. And, and Dolly always gets the like dirty work jobs where Ms. Migi gets to be like the smooth talker. Uh, mm-hmm. most of the time like the 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 the, the face of uh, the two of them the and uh, yeah so uh in episode 3 they visit they make friends with a couple of well they join the boy scouts sure. to make friends with some boys so that they can go to their house under the pretense of you know we're friends now right. and they go to they go to two different boys houses and it gets really weird cuz the the boys mm. are weird. <laughs> is it always in this case where you say they join the Boy Scouts? Is it still? They, they oh yeah, they're still joining as one person. Yeah, got it, got it. So <laughs> so they have to join so, the Boy Scouts right. and still pretend to be one person. So so they're visiting uh, two different houses simultaneously, and oh no no, they still go to each house together. But oh, but just, oh okay, just, just for the sake of the episode, there's two different visits. Okay, in, in the episode. So the like the first one is this kind of like nerdy kid that like every year he participates in the like you know the thing Red Bull does with the flying machines where everyone jumps off the like what? <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen that? I it has some weird name, but like Red Bull sponsors this event every year. <laughs> no, where... I don't know what this is. Everybody, we're God. I'm gonna have to look it up and put it in the show notes or something. But it, it, it's a, it's a fairly big deal. I trust trust me on this one. Where they they sponsor this event where everybody builds some kind of like flying Red machine. Flug tag. Yes, there we go. Uh, where where they have to people build like these weird flying contraption things and they have to jump oh, off. Oh, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have to jump off a big platform over some water and fly as part fly as far as they possibly can uh-huh. before they hit the water, right? Sure to hit the tornadoes with your deku leaf to lift you back out into the air. Yeah, so so they this kid is like really into basically that. Like it's not explicitly that, but like he's he's like into fly. He wants to he wants to be human powered air crab machine. Like yeah, right. he he wants to fly like a bird, and then you find out like later he doesn't just want to fly like a bird; he kind of wants to be a bird. And uh-huh. in the course of like it's 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 like both it's both supposed to be funny and also creepy, where like Miggy's trying to stall while Dolly is investigating the house, and he's like, you know, tell, tell me, me more deepest, about this bird thing. <laughs> yeah, you should tell me more about your deepest, darkest secrets, basically. And by the end of it, the kid's like dressed up as a bird, and like. <laughs> It's sure. it's it, it's it's pretty funny and also weird and creepy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you considered watching Twin Peaks? <laughs> yeah, and then well, that's what that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, like not yet. Yeah, I feel like there's similar spiritual energy here, but mm-hmm. um, and then the other kid is just like this total like abusive asshole that starts like just like no. beating Dolly up. Gosh. And, but they, but but he, they're putting up with it so that the the other brother can like investigate, because this one Dolly's like, no, I'm gonna do the talking this time, and then it backfires on him, right? Right, of course. <laughs> and um, 
and you know they 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 still they have to maintain their composure for the purpose of the investigation but they they manage to like outwit him because they're playing like they end up playing like rock paper scissors and like every and the the kid like like tapes up his hand so like he can only do rock or something like that and, he, and so he'll always win and then when he wins he like smacks him in the head it's it's like kind of Jeez. disturbing on purpose um yeah. and and so finally they they like man i forget the details but they find some way to like unrig the game where he wins and then me beats the crap out <laughs> so of the kid became, just like came like, kakagurui <laughs> Yeah, just like smashes his head in, and they they walk out. But like, uh, yeah, it was so that was fun too. But like, it's it fun and it's it's fun and but it's also like weird and disturbing and creepy. It's just a weird mix. It's a weird show, man. But Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. Like, it's it it's it's very unique, and I, I like I don't really have any other way to describe it other than like it's just this weird mix of like creepy and funny and sort of like black humorish but um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that's that um you we'll see like they're kind of hinting at like again going to like the boys kind of being they're not the perfect infallible like like they do make mistakes their plans backfire and they're they're showing so like you can see like their sort of armor of like no, we're going to investigate this and we're going to kill the murderer. Like you can see kind of cracks in their like armor a bit where like they're kind of softening up to like the kindness that is being shown to them. Right. I right. think you see a little bit of that in episode two with like their adopted yeah, yeah. parents and everything, but um, which I th- I'm, I'm almost certain is going to lead to the, like it, would they do find the killer, but don't go through with it. Right. Like they're, they'll learn mm-hmm. the revenge is not, worth it and all that I, that's almost certainly where this is headed but yeah, always with the we'll 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 see i don't i really i can't say it for certain yet but it feels like that's kind of where we're going and i will remind everyone this is a completed manga so like right, there is yes. right. some kind of end to the story just look this up i suppose but yeah i don't know yeah so we need more shows that actually pause it actually what if revenge is awesome <laughs> Well, sometimes they do that, and then uh, then you know you, you then you 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 realize it after the fact, right? But um, yeah, and they don't really get into like there's some there's something weird going on with their mom. Like they don't really like explain much. Like at one point they were like living in the woods or something. Like and and she has this like weird medallion thing that they're carrying around that they took off her body when she died. And there's there, there's there's weird something weirds going on. So where we actually end up who knows uh but i find it very interesting and mm-hmm. just an interesting mix of genres going on that i'm finding entertaining so all right let's talk about 16 bit sensation another layer i hate this show but i can't stop watching it <laughs> Hmm. Oh my god, this Jeez, dude, this, are you with me on that? <laughs> like Yeah, dude, this fuck I can't like I this show makes me want to die, dude. It's it's <laughs> I, every I, moment I, is nails on chalkboard, but then they hit you with like one like oh well we're we're gonna use the coffee machine to brighten the contrast on the on the 
yeah, drawing dude. first before we yeah. before we before scan we it into the computer. I'm like, damn it! Because it's like, yeah, dude, when you, when you, when you got a 16 bit color palette to work with, you got to break this down. It's like, oh man, it's it's. Yo, do you like dithering? I do like dithering, actually. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a hell of a lot of dithering going on, it's, but it's, literally yeah, I, everything else about the show is just nails on dude, chalkboard. This show sucks, dude. Like the characters all <laughs> suck ass so bad. It, they, these characters fucking suck shit out of a dog's ass, man. It's it's <laughs> like there are. We truly have gone back to the nineties. Like there is literally not a single good character in this show. Like the main They're character all, is. I hate. I hate their. I hate their character designs. I hate their voices. I. It's just like nails on chalkboard, right, but like, like it's like, oh my god, this protagonist, like she's like, breaks into like you know mm-hmm. funny anime tears like literally uh-huh. every like two minutes. It's as one does. Oh yeah, it's bad, dude. It's it's bad, and then it's like, but also as I'm sure Jell is alluding to, there is this weirdly thorough dedication to exploring the like nuts and bolts of well you know every everything you predicted in the preview about like i can't wait to see where she has to draw with a mouse and all that all came yeah right <laughs> for uh, for me i think what 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 got me was like i had i had some flashbacks for myself because while i never made games for pc 98 i'm not that old uh, <laughs> the basically the I I start I something I hadn't thought about for a long time is like the foundation of my adult career basically stems back to me getting Mario Paint on Super Nintendo in 1992. Oh yeah, right. did you have the mouse and everything? Yeah, well, it comes with the it came oh, with yeah, the mouse, well, yeah, yeah. and and basically that game teaches you like the principles of Photoshop and um. I learned to draw pretty good with a mouse. And so when she was like, oh no, I have no idea how to draw with a mouse. I'm like, I could kind of do that at some point in my life. <laughs> <was> just like, <laughs> and like, just, I had this like wave of like flashing back. And that was like, I think that was the same year from the initial like 1992. I think Mario Paint came out. Like it was the same time period. And I just had like this wave of like, and that's what that's what's that's what I'm getting sucked into. This is the danger of nostalgia, people. It makes you do crazy things, like watching uh-huh. this terrible anime. <laughs> Dude, if this anime was about literally anything else, I wouldn't have even made it past the first episode. Like I. <laughs> I man, this is is rough, dude. Like like like. I mean, you know, I remember when y'all were like, oh, I don't know about Shirobako, guys. I mean, it, it seems like it's getting a little too in the weeds of production. Let me tell you, sixteen bit sensation, another layer. This is what I think may, maybe some of us feared Shirobako would be. Mm, yeah, is like in-depth exploration of a specific craft, but also filled with some of the most obnoxious anime characters you've ever seen in your life. Right. With, like, the the, the worst version of the, like, cute girls do the thing, do your uh-huh. thing uh, type of anime, like, tacked on top of it. And yeah, it's... I mean, if these are people are, like, genuinely nostalgic for, like, key works and canon and clonad and such... Uh, that it's just the full on ugu whatnot. Like, I, if there so, if there is a genuine nostalgia for like that type of character within this work, like that 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 doesn't even factor in too much into it. 
Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not even mean like directly like referencing it. I just mean like that kind of anime character. character right. right. Like, but here's the right. thing. Like, I don't know, Jill, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me on this. I don't think the characters in the show behave that much like 90s or 2000s era stereotypes. No. Right. It's, okay. No, they behave like. I mean, we, we don't use this term anymore, I guess, but they're, they're Moe blobs. They're Moe yeah. blobs. I mean, I but, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. the like, origin of that is the, those yeah, words. I, right? I, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's, unin- yeah. I think that's unintentional, but yes, mm-hmm. they, they feel like the, the, uh, the eventual evolution like, is in that lineage. Right. Right. Um, I guess the only curveball they throw is the, right. the time skip. So yes. she does go back to the present day. And then, like, I guess depending on the game she opens, she goes to the year that that game was made. So, like, oh. so, so, like, but, she's, she, but we saw in episode one, she could bring shit with her, right? Well, I don't think she, so. At least up to the, the episode three, she had not figured this out yet until she was already <laughs> back, until she was already back in uh-huh. right. the past. So like, so, so they kind of play around with the like, okay, well, I, I first showed up in 1992 and then I went back to the, to the present day and then I opened another game and came back in 1996. So for me, it was like an hour ago, but like for you guys, it was four years kind of thing. Right. Uh, which is one of the more interesting ways to handle time travel stuff, but that does not does not help us here at all. It, functionally, it doesn't really make that big of a difference other than now the main guy is legally the same age to be her romantic interest. Oh, great. But, uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah. But did her, did her like, if you look at her forward thinking ideas cause them to usher in no, a new age no, of that hasn't the show game? That hasn't happened yet. Right. I don't, I don't, honestly, I, at this point, I don't even know if that is going to happen. We'll see. But, Man, yeah. so many years passed, and they couldn't fi- figure that shit out <laughs> with her, with her, <laughs> her guidance, with yeah. her guidance from beyond time and space. Not yet. So yeah, I, I, I'm probably still gonna keep watching though. Someone help me, can, man. Someone, okay, someone, like, stop me. Uh, yeah. Gail, Gail, how about you catch up on Free Run instead, or I don't know, I, watch Vinland Saga. Well, I, I was watching Vinland Saga. I'm actually up to like episode 13 or something. On that. Oh, hey, you're making your way through. As but a... I, I stopped when the new season started. Right. But, yes, um, yes. Yes. There, there, I, there are better uses for my time than watching I, I, this. But yeah, I will probably give it. It's, I'll probably give it one more episode at least. It's but. rough. I feel like again, it's I. I'm not even sure if I want to like it, but it's just like. I don't know, man. We don't we don't get anime that get this into the weeds about something like this that often. Yeah. And Nostalgia even is if, a dangerous drug. Yeah, instead they go into the weeds about like Formula Four racing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. All right, like, or managing. Despite everything company. I just said about Overtake, mm-hmm. I can tolerate when those characters open their mouths. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the exposition gets a little too heavy, and like the some of the plot lines aren't really doing it for me. But at least they broadly behave like human beings. Yeah, like people. Yeah, <laughs> you are not constantly thinking. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Uh, when they speak, oh, God, that is that is literally my brain. Whenever I watch sixteen bit, man, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. All right, well, let's move well, on. Yeah, speaking of the economics of small businesses, yeah, let's talk about Bullbuster. 
Yeah, I want to hear what I want to hear what you guys think about thought about episode two and three before I go in on this. But uh, I think, think we had a pretty good time with it. Honestly, I think that um, I think okay. two and three sort of immediately jumping back into the like the real world bureaucratic drudgery, like it worked for me in the right ways because like you could tell the show was leaning really heavily into the like really into the expectation that most of its audience had like experienced something like this in their lives, right? Like have dealt with, with an obstructive bureaucrat or, a, you know, a hen pecking manager or like, you know, just fielded fill, any out some, obi- fill out some kind of legal paperwork, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that again, the humor of it continues to be that this is all to pilot a giant <clears throat> robot that fights, you know, large naked mole rats or whatever you know um yeah and kind of getting into the like yeah the like even the political angle of it right of like the you know stretches imagine uh, <laughs> political you know, uh, <laughs> bent on it but yes right well i mean it sort of stretches the imagination a little bit but the whole feeling of like oh we have to keep this under wraps because the moment the military gets involved like this island will never be habitable ever again, right? Like once once right. the military cordoned this area off, and you get like big like big G government involved, like the red right. tape will ensure that nobody's moving back to that island for like another 20, 30 years, right? Right. And so I there's mean, this like yeah. weird when amount of hope writing on if this small business can eradicate this kaiju problem on their own, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can just slowly get everybody back on the island without any higher authority noticing (laughs) it's that it's that thing where it's like this whole concept behind this show is supposed to be like a robot show that's realistic realistically economically viable or or what whatever the phrase was and it's like and so if they are really dedicated to that kind of realism then yes you have to come up with a reason why you know the government hasn't stepped in to deal with the kaiju right because right. like even in die even i believe even in die guard like the government does get involved yeah uh, one of the big conflicts in die guard is that like initially the giant robot that's or- owned by the corporation is fighting the monsters because it is literally the only giant right, right. robot. and it's like I'm, by the end of that show the military is all thrown mechs yes exactly and, and like you can't do that in this show uh, right. have to be the same and so i i don't necessarily have a problem with like this kind of hackneyed like we can't talk about it uh yeah. thing yeah. and and i will also say i think also i think was part of the this set of two episodes right is also um you know they, they also i think they do a good job of also like you know in, in between all this like bureaucratic red tape finagling they also do a pretty good job of like t- making you understand why these characters are here doing what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they sort of introduce that conflict between uh, Arumi, the pink-haired girl, uh, and, and and the protagonist, Tetsuro, because, like, you know, Tetsuro is, like, you know, almost intentionally your, like, stereotypical mech pilot protagonist, like, transplanted into a show like this, mm-hmm. with his, like, absurd delusions of grandeur of, like, oh, this giant robot's gonna change the world, right? And, like, it's isn't it so cool? Wow, cool robot, right? Whereas, like, Arumi is a character who's like, people live here. I live here. Like, this is my fucking home, right? Like, like, we're not out here to fight monsters for fun. 
they say the line, this isn't like a video game one too many times. Like I three think. times, yeah. A little too much, yeah. But, but the cliche as it is, the sentiment is meant to be like, hey, the rest of these, you know, the rest of this kooky cast of weirdos may be a kooky cast of weirdos, but they're also here because this is their home. They've all lost loved ones, right? Like the old man, um, um, Muto, is like, yeah, you know, like my coworker is like, you know, wife and kid got killed or something, you know, and it's like they do a good job of instilling a sense of humanity to to these characters in mm-hmm. between these sort of dry humor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Ira, what, what, Ira what, what, are we, what, what do you think about the yeah, what did you I'm, think about the two episodes? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm enjoying them uh, broadly for all of those same reasons. You know, like I, I don't have any like huge issues with the show so far. Other than like you know the monsters don't look very good. The CG is still not very good. That's just <laughs> yeah. the reality. In of general, reality like production. Epi- yeah. In general, I think episode three in particular looked kind of bad, but just all around. But yeah, um, it's not a super good looking show. But I'd say like a novel concept. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying. Um, I've been trying to figure out why this is rated uh, so low. So- <laughs> on Crunchyroll, you can you can mm-hmm. rate you know yeah. one to five star shows. I, I looked I looked at this the other day, and it's like all yeah. it's rated weirdly low, and all of the comments are like, "Don't should be don't pay attention low. to the rating. This show's pretty yeah. good because it's the it's possibly the only show I've seen that is not completely terrible that got as rated under four stars." <laughs> I think it's just the reality, right? Is like this type of show does not exactly have a big, a lot of big mainstream appeal, right? Like it's It's a niche uh, concept for niche fans, right? And not only that, but like as we say, it doesn't look that good, right? Like you know, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like we can speak to whatever narrative merits this show rightfully has, which I think it has many. But it is a visual medium, and it is hard to sell a show that doesn't look very good to people, right? Like, it's just, you know, the yeah, reality yeah. of it, you know? Uh, the, 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 the designs themselves, right, are like, you know, look, I love jo- Junji Okubo's mech design work. I love how clunky these robots are. But, like, they're not the conventionally attractive designs you would expect. The monsters don't look very good either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, the premise, right? Of like, oh, it's going to be about mechs battling monsters, but realistic, Including right, right. not having the robot do anything for two whole episodes, right? And right, I yeah. love that personally. I think that's very funny. Like if, but like, right, like we're done with the correct context, like yes. like the show is doing. Like we can appreciate how that plays out. But then, yeah, if oh, you yeah want a cool so, mech show, yeah, I for one mm. did not like the mech not coming out for two whole episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's... expensive. I, <laughs> I, 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 lo- I do like the angle of the like realistic implications of having a mech. Mm-hmm. I don't like a full episode and a half of fighting through legal tape, red tape. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- so that's kind of, so right. th- just to finish up my comment about the rating, I don't think the show should be the like the lowest rated new show. Like uh, that's weird to me because I also feel not. like I also feel like if people, the type of people who would actually seek out the show and watch it, would not be rating it low. But so I have no idea what happened there. <laughs> that said, 
I didn't really care for these two episodes all that much. Certainly mm. not compared to the first one. I feel like the, I don't know. I did. I it almost didn't live up to the promise of the first one to me. For for I, one, I, I didn't... for for one, like I did. As I'm saying, as I said, the too much time on the on the on the bureau the bureaucracy of it mm. all. I I thought. Um, not that I want. I I don't want a lot of mech fights in this show, but some do something different i don't know sitting sitting around in a lot of a lot of a lot of corporate apologies too a lot of battling <laughs> gotta bring yeah. gotta bring um, the the manju to for the apology for the other yeah and and, and like just a little too much time spent on that i can agree i My, i do think like i i think ideally for this type of show right it's like this has always been the inherent tension of like you know the 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 classic wow cool robot versus war is bad meme is like quite frankly you cannot have one without the other right when it comes to mecha like the thing about mecha as a genre is you cannot have the narrative sophistication without the spectacle like they do inherently go hand in hand and they are meant to contribute to each other in their own ways and that's why i do think the first episode so far is still the best like promise of what bullbuster could be as a story of combining the two right like yeah. i think the first episode has a has a very healthy balance of both the like piloting this clunky piece of shit robot versus the like yeah you know on the ground you know bureaucracy and i do think episodes two and three have leaned way too heavily in the other direction and yeah. i guess my hope right is like you know the the plot for why the mech has not shown up right is because every time they deploy the mech they have to take a boat to ferry it to the island right yeah and they have been working out the legal issues of the boat rental they have been using <laughs> which, to carry this mech out. Which, okay, fine, make that a plot point, but I don't need an episode and a half so ironing out how you're going to get I, a boat. My, right? like that's, right, that's my, my sincere hope is that by episode four, that becomes a non-issue. Like, all right, we finally figured out the boat rental issue. That plot line's never going to come up ever again. And so going forward, we can have the mech show up and they can figure out new problems to, for this company to solve. Right. Okay. So that that's one problem. My bigger problem. Mm-hmm. I don't like the main guy, and I think some of it is intentional, but also some of he's it isn't. Kind of a dipshit. Uh, yeah. I, right. He's. In fact, I kind of, I kind of hate him. <laughs> for being honest. <laughs> um, and to 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 be fair, I normally. I'm very normally the the meathead anime protagonist mm-hmm. is a hard sell for me regardless even in like a anime where that makes sense but i don't know just like the part that really got to me and, and i know in episode three they tr- they try to like i guess balance it out by him kind of like being like i'm not really that guy right but he kind of is um the, the the whole point of that scene i felt like was the the guy kind of telling him you you are that guy but um the the like the the, the kind of last straw for me was when when he tries to apologize to uh what's the girl's name i don't remember any other names arumi yeah w- when he tries to apologize for being insensitive which it's like a, t- you know, it's a terrible apology it's it's, oh, it's really awful apology. apology it's yeah. like it's like well, yeah, I know people died and everything, but I really love robots. You don't understand, <laughs> and I and I did apologize, and you have to accept that because I apologize. So you know, and I mean, and, well, I think the show like makes it clear that like he's and, yeah, still in the wrong, for it, there, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I I get it, but I I st- doesn't make it 
okay. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think understand. Yeah. I think you're still on balance supposed to think to like this guy. Like even even though the show is pointing at, very much pointing out his flaws, like I think you're still on balance supposed to like this guy, and I do not like him at all. Consider him like a, uh, consider him like a well-meaning, right? Dumbass. Like, yeah, basically. and, and I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, and I he, guess... he feels more of just like dumbass and not a lovable dumbass to me. But yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I, I think for me, it, it will it will kind of depend heavily on like how they navigate those waters in the in the subsequent episodes. You know, right. I think when Muto visits visits him in episode three after he's been suspended without pay, I feel like Muto's conversation there is meant to like show you the viewer that like you know this We're, protagonist we... does need to shape up, right? Like right. that he does need um, to get his shit together. Yeah. So I, I get that. I also can't stand the uh the I don't know if he's the boss of their accountant or whatever. The accountant the bald guy. They go I really like him. <laughs> they go they go way too hard with him. Like yeah, I, at, like when 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 um when he when when he's going off on his whole thing about the main guy needs to be fired or whatever. And like, uh-huh. it's just this, I, I don't, he's I a blowhard yeah, for sure. I think, and yeah, it goes a little I, too far, but I feel like this might be a, in like in Japan, this would be way more of a, like a stock character that everybody has interacted with one time in their lives. Yeah. Right. right. Everybody has had a manager like this, right? Sure. Right? Sure. In like high like, specific I, ways, I think. But I don't yeah. know, just some but something about the how over the top it is. is right. just, I think a character like him me, but I think a character like him will probably need to get like if not a viewpoint episode, then like an episode around him to like justify it. Because I think again, uh, I will say a lot of this is coming from me having watched Die Guard. <laughs> a show that I think Bullbuster is following very closely in the footsteps of, including right. Diegard having a similar character to this accountant. Yes, is like my hope is that the, what they're doing with this with this accountant character is like yes, he is a blowhard, and yes, he is sort of unlikable and 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 abrasive, but also if your show is going to take this realistic take on like your premise. It's almost like it is a, it is recognizing that to even exist and function in a modern realistic Japanese workplace like yeah. a guy like this needs to exist like you need a guy who can be like a mm-hmm. bully for your company if that makes sense you need kind of more yeah well like, yeah, I was going to say but I love if we look at the difference, like I love Kanemori from Keep and, Your Hands Off and, and, as a I think, kid. I think the key difference right, is that is that they established very early on that despite Kanemori's demeanor, she is truly committed to the success of their production, right? Like yeah. Kanem- and, and that's the thing, right? When 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 they get, you know, when they had to present to the student council, when they're getting questioned by the student council, Kanemori mm-hmm. is willing to be that bully to protect Kanemori wheeling and dealing in the back to get the AC down in the viewing room to get more people in. Yeah, to watch, yeah, right. To watch the like, right. So, yeah, so it kind of it kind of feels like this guy, like, like, and I'm sure they're gonna go for the like. Well, he he wants he really to save the care. island in his yeah, own yeah. way, right? He's uh-huh, just, doing, uh-huh. but I feel like he's not actually doing anything helpful <laughs> at this point, like, other than just telling everybody they're spending too much yeah, money. Not yet. I well, I do but, think. Yeah. Well, okay, so that, there's that conversation they have with like their parent CEO or the parent company, right? The the CEO of their parent company. 
Yeah, right. And he, right. He's I'll like, I, those, I'll right. handle the talking, right? Like, he knows right. how to talk to the, he knows how to ask his, right? Like, right. <laughs> and, and in some ways, like, you almost kind of need that if, you're, if your boss isn't willing or capable of doing that, right? Like, the thing they sort of make clear with the, the actual boss, the, uh, the other, mm-hmm. like, older man, is, like, that guy is a true believer. He is an idealist. He actually yes. truly thinks he can save this island. Right. And as a result, he is actually at least the way I interpreted that scene with the CEO is like he is functionally incapable of playing that game. He does not right. know how to play the Japanese businessman game, which right. is something the accountant can do. And this is not to say that it is a good thing to be able to talk this talk or to, to be able to speak this language. But, but that is kind of the reality of the world right. we live in. If you are dealing right. with corporate sponsors, you need someone who is capable of engaging with people on that level. Even if don't blame, don't blame the loud, obnoxious, bald man. Blame capitalism. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> All right, yeah, we 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 got to move on. We'll have plenty yeah. of time to discuss yeah, this in future uh, in future episodes. But I just wanted to let my concerns be known at this point. I will Fair continue enough. watching, uh, but it's starting to get a little on thin ice with me after the three episodes. But I'll, I'll keep watching it. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back and see how things develop. And mm. if, you know, my feelings change on that, we'll see. All right. Let's wrap things up talking about whatever the hell Under Ninja is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is Under Ninja? I uh, thought I knew after the first episode. And then once uh, Mr. Breastmilk showed up, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, hmm. guys. <laughs> uh, Peter, you also caught up on this this morning, right? Like. Yeah, I watched uh, episode two and three earlier on, uh, and I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I kind of want I still want to like the show, and I I I don't know if it's like the 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 choices they the directorial choices they've made, or maybe I've overestimated my appetite for just like the type, this type of like really crass humor. Mm. Um, some, it's just not coming together for me yet though. Like, and by, by what I mean with the directorial choices, I mean, taking these like two or three different plot lines and splitting them up. Mm, um, yes. Right. Where we're, where we're constantly like leaping, you know, a month or two or whatever the, the gap is back and, in back and forth. The, yeah. the two, I, I, the I two sort incidents. Of... And like that, and that's kind of lending itself to we're getting introduced to a lot of characters and not spending any time with them. Yes. <laughs> so like, I don't really care. Like even the main guy, like he seems fine, but like I don't really care about him that much at this stage. Um, and I, I think maybe I don't know if that's because of their adaptation choices or what happened with that, but. It's just kind of jumping around all over the place. There's some really weird things happening, and like I said, I I generally don't like like super crass humor. Not that I th- not that I have anything against it, but just as my personal preference, like it's just like right. I don't know. I but, I mean, I think I will say some of this is like some of this is true to what Under Ninja is. It is a dry, pretty crass black comedy. Uh, it's it's um. It's leaning very heavily into just like how like I don't know how amoral and and <laughs> these dirtbags are. They're getting know, a like, lot of mileage out of that stolen bra. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting a and lot I of think, mileage out of that. Yeah, and I think... But and, and and I will say I think some of this is also the directing choice. Again, I, I I will I will stand by. I think I liked it in concept in the first episode, but now that we're three episodes in and we're still doing the I feel like it's, I feel like it's getting worse. Thing, yeah, I yeah. I think they probably should have just committed to like now let's go back two months or something. But um, just the one one time, like yeah, just the one time and stick to it because now it's like oh god, like like they are skipping scenes and I can't tell if they cut those scenes or if they're just gonna bring them back later, which is annoying in its own way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I guess for me, it's like I am I am still enjoying like you know the way this anime is capturing the like very specific type of like I think because so much of the cast are I mean. Okay, I'm sure you've already picked up on this. Like, they're infiltrating a high school. Mm-hmm. The subtext is pretty clear. Most of the ninjas infiltrating this high school are not high school students, right? They are, right. you know, they're they're adults who are, uh, or, or mostly adults or young adults, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, operating under, you know. Yes, yes. And, um, well, you know, more, you know, disguises, yes. shall we say. Infiltrating. But, uh, and so there is a thing, like, you know, again, like Kuro, who, you know, claims he is 17 and definitely a high schooler, right? As he is, you know, drinking on the roof, uh, uncensored by by, right. by the production, which is almost like your way of telling, oh, no, this character is definitely over the age of, like, 20 or whatever, yeah. you know, yes. but... um. Like I, I can even imagine that conversation of like did like did somebody at the TV broadcast say hey is this guy actually a teenager do we need to censor this if he's actually drinking and they're like no 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 it's fine he's not he's not a teenager right. but um and I guess the thing that I think is very strong about Kengo Hanazawa's sense of humor that I think is done pretty well in Under Ninja that that I personally like is it it explores a type of humor that I think can only come from people who are like past the pretenses and idealism of high school age or, or even college age like yeah. when you have fully become an adult right 25 and up and for better or worse right it's not that your life is set in stone after that but more you have abandoned any pretense of like the what mays or what could have been right like you know, in the cases of Kuro, you know, this dirtbag neat, you know, stealing alcohol from his neighbor and blackmailing children and drinking on the roof. Like, there's like a comfortable uh. acceptance of who he is, if that makes sense, right? Like, the, the show isn't like, ah, Kuro, you got to get it together. You know, Kuro's not like looking off into the horizon. Being yeah. Like, Man, I, I hope I can one day make it all work. He's like, no, I'm a dirtbag. I suck. I'm a, I'm, I'm a shit heel, And that's fine. You know? I can see that buried in there <laughs> somewhere. That, that sort of feeling is like, like this show, even though it has zero connection to the subject matter, uh, was reminding me of Waveless to me from a few years ago. Yes. Uh, right. Like there's that similar feeling that of like adults yeah. who have just accepted their place in the world. The, like Hokkaido radio broadcaster show. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Waveless to me. Yeah. Which uh, eventually got a live action adaptation as well. I think sure. it did, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I was sort of reminded of that tonally. Of- yeah, a little, little bit. I it, it, in just general the the you know adults living their miserable lives. Um, mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I yeah. I guess I can I can see that buried in there. I can see a little like just the the slightest spark of a little class struggle in there. <laughs> God. We're, we we got to get somewhere soon. Like, 
I I feel like that's the other thing. Like, there's so much happening, and none of it seems to matter. But really, nothing has happened. Almost nothing has happened. <laughs> like, if you really well, think about as it, as you see with the latest episode, uh, <laughs> we're we're seeing how all these four Shinobi eventually met uh, before the events of the high school, where they all contributed to uh, solving the dick slicing foreigner case. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to say dick slicing foreigner at least once on this podcast. But once per podcast. I, yeah, it's just taking so long to get there. Like, I know, and, yeah. It's, and it's, it's like, it, like I said, it's it's weird because there's, I think because they're introducing so many characters, it, like on paper, it feels like there's so many things going on. But when you boil down to what's actually happened, I feel like we've covered like 12 hours of time in three episodes. <laughs> like it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. Um, and, and like I feel like I should like it because I I do kind I like I talked about last time like sort of my nostalgia for the like early to mid two thousands type of anime that I feel like this is kind of mm-hmm. um, intentionally or not emulating and it's like and and you know you get that that banger of an op and <laughs> uh, like but then like it just feels like a lot of pieces that aren't coming together yet and it's taking a long time to put them together i think that's fair i i i I, I do think that is a fair judgment i think uh as i said even back during you know our opening impressions of this anime the manga starts pretty damn slow it's a it's a pretty damn slow start and if you're committed to adapting that whether by jumping around like crazy or even adapting it chronologically you know, if you're committed to keeping to that pace, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's anything that can be done to make it more exciting. So, like, in many ways, that could just be, you know, the fault of the type of story it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm even being too generous. Sounds like, Peter, you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I'm struggling to tell how I feel about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got, like some comparisons in my head to like various different things like the 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 going back into in timeline um so uh very briefly let me just go off on a tangent here um erica seven or eureka seven um yeah no one's expecting that one um yeah have has anyone seen the um the the new movies that they've Fuck played? no. I've not. I've 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 heard talk of them but not seen them myself, right? They they're, look they're, like total dog shit. I mean, visually they look incredible. They seem visually totally they look amazing. Good. Visually they might be Bones' greatest achievement. I I mean narratively, but I just have like I've I've seen trailers for them and then I think back to myself watching Eureka 7 and I go, I have no clue what these movies are about. <laughs> right. So, so is it the movies doing the time skipping around or the first, the first one in particular is almost like a recap of the entire series, except it has, it, it comes up in like much like in, uh, in under danger, the screen goes black and it's got text on it saying, um, fast forward or flashback. <laughs> and it, and it goes back in time or forward in time. And it does that huh. repeatedly back and two throughout the entire film. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. And Man. it became a running joke when it, when it had the premiere at Scotland Loves anime. And we were all just 
kept constantly making fun of it to the point where, <laughs> like, the second they, they showed the second one, and it that one generally uh, didn't do that anywhere near as much because it was talking about the story of Anamone. Uh, but what the moment it did it once, right? Everyone hoots and hollers, yeah. was, in, was in hysterics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I got that in my head throughout this entire Under Ninja. Like every sure, time the right. time thing comes up, I'm thinking of that. That's pretty good. <laughs> sure. Um, but like putting that aside, um, I feel like that there is something about this show that makes me feel like it wants to be Odd Taxi. Hmm. Kind of. hmm. Like it feels like there is a there is a big story happening, and then there's lots right. of yeah. characters involved. But instead of sort of uh, taking us through the role of one character and another one, with um, well, whatever his name was, Kudo, um, being like the central one, it is just bouncing between them all. When I, it really does yeah. feel like Where, I, whereas I like Odd Taxi bounced around in like an extremely deliberate, measured right. way. Right. Like this is the episode for this character. Yeah. Right. I, I see where you're coming from. That's yeah. not a thing I would have necessarily thought myself. No, I, I, but I no yeah, well, I absolutely see where you're coming from. Yeah. I think I think particular to this adaptation, anyways, because you know, again, to be clear, right, right. this is a choice on the anime's part, the manga plays out these events chronologically but i, I can mm. definitely see there I, I think i think then the reason why it probably doesn't work here compared to odd taxi right is that the odd taxi like disconnected vignettes are fairly self-contained like stories unto themselves mm. whereas like i think the issue with the under ninja anime is like you feel like you're constantly catching like parts of a movie you haven't seen right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yep. and a good way of explaining of putting it yeah yeah again i i can't i don't understand you know i don't know maybe this director will maybe someone will one day interview this director and be like hey why'd you do it like that and we'll right. get a good answer it's like but... at, at times i'm getting the like dopamine hit of going like oh it's that thing from earlier connects here right right but then like is it worth it <laughs> no right yeah, <laughs> right that is the question isn't it you know yeah all right yeah Again, I mean, I'll keep watching it. Like, I'm still like it's interesting enough. Yeah. It's interesting enough, even just as an intellectual exercise at this point. But and and just that, I still generally just like the vibes. I just it's just mm. it, it's just too many disconnected pieces that need to come together soon. Well, on so. the bright side, I guess if uh, if all these flashbacks and flash forwards are meant to get us to the confrontation at high school. Uh, <laughs> Is that just going to be like the end of the season, though? Like, I know yeah, that well, might be like episode six or sure. seven. I was going to say we're already at three, man. So you know, <laughs> I mean, like, all right. you know we're getting well. they'll they'll wrap they'll they'll make it to present day eventually. <laughs> oh God! Oh, man. All right. Well, this has been a long one. Yes. Thank you. Thank thank you, everyone, for sticking it out here. Um, but I think that is going to be the end of the episode. So let's do our housekeeping. You can check us out at theglorioblog.com. You can go read all our first looks for all, all the shows now at this point. I think all the ones that we're going to do are out unless I I don't know if you're going to do Apothecary Diaries. I don't know if I'm going to write yeah. a post for that. It's, That's fine. But every, everything, everything else is out if you want to go check those out, including shows that we maybe did not talk about on the podcast. 
And you can follow us on Twitter at the Glorio blog, on co-host at Glorio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave, ring that notification bell. You know, leave us a comment, tell us, telling us we're right or wrong, whatever. Uh, and as always, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. Bye.